Big Mac, Chicken McNuggets. No, Big Mac and Quarter Pounder with cheese. Or filet fish You'd be doing the same thing if you were at McDonald's because you can choose not just one, but two of your favorites for just six bucks. Tasty Big Mac, crispy 10-piece Chicken McNuggets, juicy Quarter Pounder with cheese, or savory filet fish Enjoy two of your all-time favorites for just six bucks, if you can decide on the two. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Hey guys, welcome back to We Watched Movie Wham! Video Episode 7. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, cinco, seis. It's not, is that seven? I don't know. I'm not very good at Spanish numbers. Maybe the two, I drink too much. Episode 7. Yes, it's going to be a good time in the night in the darkness of the light. Hey Mike. What? Listen to this. What? Why was the number 10 scared of the number 7? I don't want to fucking answer no, this, No, answer just it. Say it. Why just was the number 10 scared of the number 7? Because of Pi. Just say the dare, terrible you know joke and let's move on. Yeah, it's because number 7, 8, 9, and 10 is next. I fucking hope you... <laughs> Shit. So moving right on into the fucking movie news. This is one that Jay found this week. The Justice League movie that was supposed to be that never happened. Dude. Justice League Mortals. Yeah, look. Mor is Mortals or Mortal? Mortal. Mortal. Yeah, uh, the coolest thing about this storyline is that, okay, so Tone out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nebbia. George Miller was going to do it a long time ago. I think back in 2007 is when they were going to actually release it. When they were making the or they were making it, yeah. And this, you're saying like, okay, this is a $250 million project, okay? So it was ready to go. I mean, the jets were warmed up and were ready to fly over the Atlantic. But what happened is some weird like shit like in Australia where they were going to film it with a tax rebate and then also Christopher Nolan and... Uh, Christian oh. Bale. There's <laughs> leftovers. It's just pieces of my soul keep getting broke. But, yeah, but it was mainly Christian Bell that came out with uh, criticism on it because he has a list. Um, but the main thing was he said was that he's you like... thought of a bit. <laughs> <laughs> he fixed my list. But the main thing he said was that uh, he didn't think it was a good idea to make the movie uh, because he felt like it was going to be stepping on the toes of what they were doing. At that point, uh, Batman 2 hadn't even come out yet. Yeah, Dark so they were in, Yeah, they were in the process of making it. He was like... So they, he didn't want them stepping on the toes of that particular movie. And he's like, maybe they should just wait till Batman 3 comes out. And I was like, well, maybe you should shave your eyebrows. But that didn't happen. And so... On, and then also... On top, on top of that, I, I kind of see this from the studio's like perspective uh they also had um they had brandon ruth had come out uh in 2005 i think with superman returns of 2006 which flopped but they had already had a sequel planned for it for 2009 in the meantime they had smallville going on with tom welling which was also in its really like the height of its season it was doing really well so i think they were also nervous about the fact that well they were gonna have the third superman because another guy was gonna play him in justice league mortal and then uh, and then obviously the batman thing where it was gonna be a new batman army hammer that had nothing to do with the christopher nolan universe it was gonna be its own independent film but I, other, like, I think that was a really uh, that was a big miss opportunity because DC would have been they would have been ahead of the game first off against uh, Marvel because they would have come out with a uh, collaborative team uh, years before uh, Avengers came out with the 2012 they would have had that and then they would have spun off their independent stories yeah. I, and and the storyline we haven't read the actual script but I, just based on the guy that's doing the documentary or uh, he read the script the guy that wrote the article. Um, the storyline was pretty dope. Like it, it, like you're talking about characters that are already. We don't have to do the origin, right? We're done. 
And that Mike and I talk about that all the time. Like DC has to be different. They have to do their own thing. And it's just not just DC. It's Marvel too. But like the, you don't have to retell fucking Spider-Man Uncle Ben's story a hundred different times or, or Batman's fucking parents being murdered or, or Superman coming from Krypton. That was my favorite part when you hear about the retread of the script. Yeah. Which, and again, this isn't new news necessarily. It's just kind of coming out because they're working on the documentary. And the again, pics are being released. And we've never talked about it before. But yeah, like the the most fascinating thing I found about it, for one, it's George Miller who's done oh, some amazing he, things. Mad Max Fury Road. But what I find fascinating about it is apparently the script just takes off, and all these superheroes have been superheroes for years. Yeah. They, they don't need, they don't placate to the audience. They don't do anything. They're full on Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Martian full Man, fully Martian Manhunters in it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Common it, with this, the one thing I don't <laughs> like about it is that Common is uh, John Stewart's Green Lantern. I, I just. My, Personally, I'm not a fan of Commons. I didn't really know who he was. Yeah, I, I, he was so. in Smoke and Aces. He was the one that was like all super serious and what stuff. Are you fucking serious? No, I, don't, I, mean, I, I, I don't know. I hate Common as, as, as Greenland, John Stewart, but. Uh, no, the fact that they jump right in and they were all full on and this was the Justice yeah. League, I felt that was really smart and it was something that we could use as fans of superhero movies today. But And again, the fact that this would have been adjacent to what was going on with the Nolan verse, they were afraid it would fuck people up with that. I think they'd been fine. I think that people would be like, oh, I got a different option to go see like the Justice League movie. Uh, you know, I, I don't think people would have... I think you need to give people I been fine. credit. Like, yeah. you know, they're smart enough to realize like it's not that Batman, like that's its own thing. And then this is like the actual DC, because Iron Man had come out in 2007. So I, I think, you know, people would have been smart enough to figure it out. Like I don't, you just gotta give them more credit than that. But also, I thought the fucking storyline for the Justice League Mortal was great. Like it was kind of like the shitty animated movie. And I agree with the writer of this article. Um, more. Um, the, the the Doom Files or whatever the uh, Batman's basically Batman's plan like because everybody knows yeah. like if you follow it Batman has a plan Doom Patrol to kill every superhero if they go rogue so he has that plan and that's always been one of the most fascinating things about the the universe with DCEU but yeah he had this plan and he gets hacked yeah. Batman gets hacked by Jay Bruchel you son of a bitch yeah, Jay, Sorcerer's Apprentice and that's, everything that's the one that Jay Bruchel is the bad guy can die you know what but they, okay but yeah but who they cast is Lex Luthor I know I get it so. But, it's not. I mean, the goddamn guy that watches Superman's tights and talks shit about you on Facebook. That's who. But no, also. I, but the hack him, and then that's how they're gonna kill yeah. all these superheroes, which is a great fucking storyline for a, for a Justice League movie. And I love the idea that you know the way that the 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 story is set up is that these these heroes have worked together, they know each other, but they don't really they don't have a team. But they've been established for a few years down the line. I like that, and then it's not until John Jones or Martian Manhunter is having issues catching on fire and shit, as you do when you're listening to uh, Katy Perry or, or uh, um, Incubus's. Uh, pardon me. Yeah, whatever. I mean, whatever you're into, into Katy Perry or Incubus. But they go to you know to see what's going on to help him, and that's when they kind of like team up and take on the guy that hacked Batman's files. They get pissed off at Batman. Batman's like. Well, it's not my fault you're assholes and I don't trust you. I mean, but, but they all eventually they, they team up and they get things done. Uh, what's really really cool about it is they said the POV of the story, like who you're like centered on, the everyday man is Barry Allen, who is going to be played by Adam Brody. Adam Brody. And I think from I, the know, OC. And I looked at it and I'm like, uh, yeah, that that actually works for it. It, it. Does it? He could do the the job pretty well. So he's doing it as, and that's your everyday man. That's how you're going through the movie. He's got a giant part in it. Uh, which they, but they said that everybody gets appropriate screen uh, screen time, so it's not just him. But um, you you get the very beginning of the movie. They say that you you start off with a funeral, and you don't know until the end who that funeral is. And the big shocker here is it's Barry Allen's funeral because in order to stop the the bad guy in the film, he sacrifices himself, merges with the Speed Force, and is gone. Then Wally West, who was going to be played by fucking Anton Yelchin, 
which is great too. Fantastic. Um, would, would take over the mantle as the Flash. They said that it like the story was tight, but they almost said it was too clean in a lot of ways. But I would be fine with that. Like, and that you know what that would have been great for them because what you'd have is you'd have uh, dark crust and light crust because you'd have you'd have the Nolan universe, which is very dark and, and enigmatic, and it, and it's very like um, uh, kind of apocalyptic in some ways as far as how, how they tell the storylines, like just how people don't really trust one another, especially the Dark Knight. Um, then you would have more of a lighthearted take, which they said it, it kind of felt like the Justice League cartoon. In a lot of it was which like is awesome in my yeah, opinion. and it, that was one of the uh, Justice League Unlimited, I think it was called, and and I was like, yeah, but then that would be perfect contrasting that you would have those two different things that people could go and, and look at, and then uh, eventually they said at the very end of the movie they all go out and to fight the big star thing that they got together in and originally in the original comic books in 1960, dude, they not even, there were so many, and there was also like they said that it was loaded with fucking Easter eggs, like so much so that the Marvel people would be like, hey, you want to take a step back here? There might be too yeah. many. Like, it numerous times mentioned Scarecrow, Solomon Grundy, fucking Joker, Penguin, Riddler. Like, all this stuff was mentioned multiple times. And and then also uh, the fact that uh, John, uh, not John Jones, um, the Green Lantern, oh my God. Jonathan Stewart. John Stewart, yeah. John Stewart was, it's not John Stewart. It's just John Stewart, I think. He does a talk show. I, I know, but I think it's the same guy. Is it really? It's the same name, yeah. yeah. He turned black. <laughs> no, I don't remember. So black. I don't remember uh, the, the other Green Lantern, but um, I, you know, me, me, I think it is John Stewart. But he's building a monument to uh, Hal Jordan, the original Green Lantern, which I think yeah. was fucking cool because people would ask, "Where's Hal Jordan?" Like he's the original uh, Green Lantern. They even said that uh, Aquaman would have an aqua hand, so he had yeah. like the blue. Dude, they, they, there was so much potential there. And again, it was a two hundred and fifty million dollar uh, budget that they had, and it was in pre-production. It had costume design. It had like sets built, and it was getting ready to go. And everybody. I was really excited about it and you had George fucking Miller on it. I think it's crazy that they had Army Hammer as Batman because yeah. for so long now every single time there's a Batman project for since then everybody's always mentioning Army Hammer. Yeah, he was and you know he was one of the Winklevoss twins in the social network. He played the Lone Ranger. He has a Batman-esque stature about him. But they had the cast there's pictures of the cast hanging out together. Yeah, like, this was a legit thing that was going to happen. It was I, I find it fucking wild that it was going to come out during the production of the Dark Knight. Yeah. Now it had, like you said, had they done that at that time, it could have changed the entire future of the DC universe, and it got knocked down because of some crazy Australian tax credit. It was that, and then you know, well, it, when they did the interview with George Miller, he said the whole thing was weird, like how it all happened, uh, you know, with the rebate, and then the whole thing with the studio being nervous about releasing the Superman, the new Superman. There'd be three uh, versions of him now. You know, because they were gonna the, the Brandon Ruth one had happened. Then they were gonna release a new one, and then they were gonna do a sequel for uh, Superman Returns back in in '09. Yeah. So people, they, they, and they like, so but people, they would have been so far ahead of the curve. And they would have been through with it. And, and the idea, the fact that this was going to spin out into a new shared universe, and yeah. they were gonna start doing the individual movies, like man, fucking do that. Like that would have been great. And the fact that you went ahead and skipped all the fucking, you know, because that's what the the guy that wrote the article, he was talking about in the script. He's like, there's not a lot of uh, you know self doubting and you know introspective moments in it or anything like that like you know they're all established uh, heroes they're not I like doubting themselves fucking deal. yeah they're not doubting themselves anymore there's none of that it's just that they are who they are and they're fucking kicking ass and they're ready to take down a star face guy in the sky and that's what you know that was in the comic book wheels but, in the sky keep on turning yeah they do so, uh but also so that would have been great, and, and I, I think they really missed the opportunity. And they asked George Miller, they said, would you ever be open to the idea of maybe doing it again? He's like, he's always going to be a DC guy. 
uh, he, he loves DC, and if there was maybe a script that was original or something that came up on his desk that he would definitely be interested to take a look at it. Uh, unfortunately, this movie's never going to get made, most likely, ever. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> but it's really interesting to see the set pics. Like, they've started releasing some of the, the actual designs. Sure guys right here. Uh, it looks really fucking cool. I, I love... You can't really see him that well, uh, the Batman, but, but you know... Um, Army Hammer said he freaked out. They said that you know uh, there's a video of him somewhere freaking out about the actual co costume because it, it's it's got all these utility and gadgets on it. Because Batman was hurt in the movie, like he wore all this extra padding to help him because he'd been. I think that they said that he'd probably been in the game longer than the other heroes. Like yeah. he was the old kind of like uh, veteran at it. Reminds me of the dark. Reminds me of the Dark Knight Rises when he built that like right. thing when he was like kick the wall and shit. Whooping that, that ass. Cool. Like, you, you think a, back, a broken back stops me, bitch? No, I lift all the time. But no, yeah, it was great. And then also. Um, uh, just, just. Well, the only thing that I think they said was kind of strange was that Barry Allen was like the 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 comedic relief, and he said Wally West is kind of the comedic relief, so they kind of get lost. You know, you don't really separate them that well. Yeah. But they said there's a lot of drama with with Barry Allen dying, and you also get to see finally, you know, Iris West, which was great. Dude, I mean, it would have been fucking phenomenal. And yeah. I, I don't know about the guy that plays Superman. I never heard of him before. I don't know if he would have been a great. What's Superman. interesting about that though, like I, I didn't either, but. Apparently, at some point in the script, Superman gets mind controlled, mm -hmm. like Hawkeye does in, in Avengers, basically. And they have to deal with that going on on top of everything else, yeah. which would be fucking fascinating to see. I would have loved to see this movie do it. And again, this isn't new news. Like, this has been out for a while. But there is a little bit of new stuff going on with these guys that are trying to make this documentary. Hopefully that works. Though. Yeah, they're trying to get this documentary made. And it's so cool to see, like, the low levels of that. Because if you go to these guys' Instagram, and we'll put all the links we can down below, but they're like... Uh, the guy who made the cow for Batman. Like, they told him, like, you're never allowed to show anybody this. So you imagine these people who are working on this set and they're building this movie and you, and you make the cow for Batman. And it's like the proudest work that you have. And yeah. then they go, movie's not happening. You're never allowed to share that again. But because of this documentary, that's out there. That's on this guy's Instagram. That's so fucking cool. Sharing is and caring. I fully support it, man. That's awesome. I yeah. wish the movie would have got made, but at least people are going to know that the work that got put behind it almost getting made. Hopefully it comes out in the same style that the uh, the Superman that movie that never got made with Nicolas Cage, yeah. and they start showing that with Kevin Smith being interviewed, and they, you actually saw like set photos and video of Nicolas Cage as Superman. Which actually, if yeah. you watch the video, it doesn't look that bad. Like the stock photos, like the photos, it looks like shit. It looks like what the fuck. You go back to Con Air, but when you see it when he's moving around yeah. in it, it's like yeah, I can, it, yeah. And he but, will admit though, it would have been a crazy fucking. Plus, they wanted to put the giant fucking mechanical spider from dumb, Wild yeah. Wild West in it and shit like that. There's parts that this one makes way more, especially with George Miller. Look what he went on to do with Mad Max instead. Dude, I mean, like this could have been. This, it, it's, it's wild, dude. This could have changed the entire course of the DC universe. And the they could have gotten to Marvel before fucking Marvel. That's what I'm saying. I think they would have had a leg up, and they would have been doing really well right now if they had done that. Especially if this 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 script had gone through and been made in George Miller's like you know vision. Dude, who the yeah. fuck knows? I mean, it, we might be sitting here now talking about how well DC started out, and Marvel might be the people trying to catch up. Like, we yeah. don't know. But yeah, it, but that's what Warner Brothers does, man. They always put their finger up their butt and they try to lick it. They, yeah. they never fucking take time to be like, you know what, I shouldn't do that. I need to, you know, antibacterial soap. It's an amazing fucking article, and we'll actually link to the article down below so that if you guys want to get caught up on it too. Was it Den of Geek? I think it was the Den of Geek article. Uh, yeah, sure, which I Den love Geek. that Den of Geek, and the guy, I can't remember his name, the one that's putting together. Put his Instagram down below. The documentary. Go get, go get him the support, man, because I really want to see that actual, like, happen. Like, I would love to see yeah. the full story for, like, a two hours. And also, can we get a fucking script? Can we read the motherfucker? I want to see it. I think it might be out there. If we get the script, we'll definitely do a script recap like we're going to do tonight with the Final Destination 1. We're going to try to get that script and do it. But, yeah, that's, it, again, it's not new news, but it's pretty fun to fucking talk about. And not that, Michael. What are you doing? I don't want to be pretending that there are some kind of... 
What? Slapping arms? Michael, you keep doing that, you're gonna blow out your hole. And I am not taking you back to the proctologist. Okay, so on to more moving news for your grip tacos. You guys are fucking gluttons for this movie <laughs> news shit, and I love you for it. Dude, dudes. Dudes and dudettes of the world, if you guys have looked for a Friday the 13th Blu-ray collection, it's hard to fucking find. Now, they have them for good deals on Amazon for, like, the DVDs and shit like that, but everybody knows that the Friday the 13th Blu-ray collection, the official one with that fucking nice steel box, steel book shit, it's, like, it's, it's almost impossible to find. The it's price like, is killer. <laughs> it's like 300 bucks or yeah, some shit to try ridiculous. to find it. But this news came out, and shout out to our brothers from Slash and Cast, because they were some of the people that broke the news. Sweet up. Make sure you guys subscribe to them, because if you like what we do, you'll love what they do as well. They're fucking awesome. Good we'll guys, and they're very gentle lovers. But they help break this news, but uh, word on the street is, for the whatever anniversary of Friday the 13th. 40th anniversary, Mike. 40th? God 40th. damn, we're You're fucking old. old as shit. I know, we're you're both even old. older. By one year. Motherfucker, you're crispy. <laughs> what are you then? Fucking mini? Like, Semi-crispy? Mid-crisp. <laughs> mid you're mid-crisp. But uh, a word on the street is there is a new fucking huge Quintu Ocho Friday the 13th collection that's going to be coming out. And, and what you said is like it's on the street. It's on the street. People are just selling it. It's going to be soon. But um, not only are they going to have, uh, there's word of uh, uh, Thom Matthews doing a commentary for one of the movies. All these new special features that are going to be coming out for it. And the, the lawsuit doesn't stop it either because even Shelly himself from Friday the 13th Part 3 tweeted out like, the lawsuit's only encompassing further shit. Like, all the old shit, they can still do what they want to with it. So, they're going to be releasing a brand new uh, box set Friday the 13th, and it's going to have brand new special features, including some commentaries, and the director of one of the worst Friday the 13th entries, uh, Jason Goes to Hell, God Adam damn. Marcus, says that this is going to be the first all-time uncut Full balls out. Yeah, he was really excited about that. I was like, so you can you can get your fucking shitty movie in 1080p? <laughs> wow. No, hey, look. It's going to be unrated. There are, yeah, so, well, unrated bullshit. <laughs> but no, look, and the thing is, if you're a fan of uh, Jason Goes to Hell, that's great. And, you know, in the article telling the truth, it was really hard to find that on Blu-ray. Like, that particular, you know, um, uh, movie. Uh, Never Jason, existed before. Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah, well, it was. The it was unrated really, cut, though. The unrated, yeah. And then, but if you wanted to get the Blu-ray version of it, it was like fucking like a million dollars or some shit and yeah. a blowjob behind Speedway to get it. Yeah. But now it's going to be available in this 40th anniversary pack that's going to be coming out pretty soon. Uh, well, for the 40th anniversary. Uh, it's it's really interesting and, and it's cool and I do like the fact that uh, it's not going to have any legal entanglements that's going to stop it from being released to the fans. Yeah. The problem is though, it always feels like I know that's that's true, but it also feels like it's kind of like high wire walking because it feels like you're trying to like drink as much alcohol as you can before your dad gets home. <laughs> like before your dad it, like just catches you and you're having a party. He's like, look, there. we got two hours. Let's drink as fucking much as we, uh, this Canadian misses. <laughs> we'll fill it up with water. <laughs> Happy. That's true, though. But, yeah, but anyway, it's still great news. Positive Friday the 13th news. We'll take it. We'll take it in this world of the corona. Mm. Uh, but that's that's some good news that's going on for you Friday the 13th fans out there. Uh, another piece, take this how you want to, okay? So if you watched our last uh, Wham! video, episode 6, we argued heavily about whether or not Halloween Kills was going to release on VOD or be in theaters, what was going to happen I feel with like that. Jason Blood was in my side in this I don't know. Let's read it, motherfucker. I, I feel like it was in my side. Uh, I don't think that that'll ever happen, but this is very interesting. We, we had a, and, and go back and check that out in the last video, but we had a, a, a deep argument about whether or not it's a good idea for movies to go straight to VOD when it, when it includes the bigger movies and yeah. shit like that. But uh, here's what Jason Blum said. He said, I think it's not realistic to think 
all the studios are going to wait four months before they can put out a movie at home. Mm -hmm. They just can't compete. They're going to have to compete with Amazon and Netflix and Apple in a different way. There's going to be shifts. The, the consumer is going to be more used to staying at home. Something is going to give. There has to be something that's going to happen post-corona. The movie business will look different after the corona. I agree with that completely, and I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Like You've already seen a shift, and actually Blumhouse was the first ones to release The Hunt and The Invisible Man on VOD, and so they, they took the first steps to do this, to make this a reality that's going to happen. I think what, you know, the, the post-corona, Sharona, Lorona virus, after that's gone and, and done, the, the, you're going to, like he said, you're going to have a very, like, he later says this um, specifically, but it's going to be a very small time frame for a lot of movies. Like, they're not going to wait the four-month period anymore. Like, you might see a movie come out, and then it'll be two weeks, and then it'll be available to uh, watch on demand, because what's, what's going to happen is people are used now after this is all is said and done, to being safe and comfortable in their own homes and watching a film. And, I, and what was interesting about this article that I read, uh, he was actually interviewed by Ben Shapiro. And what Ben Shapiro was asking about, because you know it's a political pundit, but he was asking about the hunt. But other than that, he said, what about the horror movie genre? And what he was saying specifically was like, you know, people like to go see horror movies together in a crowd because that's the whole uh, appeal of it. You know, it's like, and, and this is what Ben Shapiro was saying. He was like, it's not the same thing if someone has to pause the movie at the scary part, go to the bathroom, come back, because it takes them out of the film. I mean, I like that part. I like subtitles. But uh, I get what he was saying, and I think what he, what Jason Blum is it's technically saying, he's like, like everything is going to change. Like it's this thing is going to have long-lasting impact for Hollywood and these studios. And also, um, I don't know if this is actually 100% true or not, so I'm not going to go ahead and say that, but that stimulus package that we're all going to get, Hollywood's not getting bailed out. Like, they're not getting a cent of that. Like, it's all these giant corporations and businesses, small businesses, but Hollywood itself is not getting it. So there's this, what's going on in these studios' minds, they're thinking like, fuck, look, we got to make some money fast, bro. What are we gonna do, bro? And they're, and they're, contact, <laughs> I don't know. And they're contacting Polly Shore. <laughs> like, I don't know, but like, I think the worst mistake they made it's my opinion, I'm just saying, it's not about Jason Blum, worst mistake, I would not have pushed uh, Wonder Woman 84 out. I would have released the motherfucker on VOD. I really would have. I, see, this is where you and I vehemently disagree. Because I think, like, you can't start... I've never been me owed any much. <laughs> <laughs> you can't start doing that, man. Because, again, number one, the one thing that you can talk, we can talk, we can talk in circles, and we say all this stuff. How are you going to combat... When it, when, okay, it's nice. Okay, it's nice to sit sit at home and turn right. on a movie. Like, oh, I would love to watch 1984, Wonder Woman 1984 at home, especially with all that's going on. I would much rather watch it at home rather than have to wait another year to see what happens with the coronavirus. But what you have to remember is the fact that once that starts happening, like, we are putting the, the, the future of being able to go to the movies to watch movies mm -hmm. in extreme danger like i know that it's nice to sit at home and watch a movie and not have to deal with the guy chewing popcorn two feet behind you or not have to worry about the coronavirus whatever but you have to remember what about what about vhs what about like not vhs but what about movie rental stores how bad do we miss going to the movie rental store the blockbuster like how, we bitch about it all the time you and i've talked about it before yeah. if we ever get to a place where we have just an exorbitant amount of money and we're rich the one thing we're going to do is we're going to open up sure. a, a movie rental store and we're going to lose money on it because we can just to keep that aesthetic alive i'll make money because i'm going to have a porn section and shout out to family video because they're one of the only they keep it going man it's so cool it was so nice to take my kids to a family video and show them how things used to be done but Everybody wants the quick and easy thing real fast, but I'm telling you, when movie theaters are gone, we're all going to be sad, and we're going to miss them, we're going to complain about them. We don't, we do not want movie theaters to go away. I, I that, well, I'm not, I don't want them to go away, and I don't think they ever will really go away, even if this 
like new phase happens, I don't think they'll die. They were already hurting I, well, I think, before this. I think that Jason Blum is just saying, though, you're not going to have... Like, the window of opportunity is not going to be four months anymore because people aren't going to wait. And here's my other issue. I'm just going to say what my other issue is. And even after this thing is said and done, like, everything is back to normal. You know, it's under control. Hopefully there's some medicine out there or whatever that can help with it. Um, I, I just think it's going to be a long time. Honestly, I really do. And it may be never. It'll never happen. Maybe it'll never happen again. That people are not going to feel comfortable going to a theater in large crowds with people and somebody starting to fucking call for sneeze because it's going to be like a PTSD fucking thing for them. Well, that all and depends like, and, on where we're at. Well, it, it does. But, I mean, I don't know because it, it might always be that thing in the back of somebody's mind. You know, like the Aurora shootings. A lot of people were scared to fucking go to the theaters after that and it took a long time to recover from that kind of fear. This might be the same thing. And now here's the thing. If you're going to release a giant, giant movie, like a blockbuster, summer blockbuster movie, and normally you would get people packed around the lines to come in and be full, but people are still scared and they're still in their homes, you only going to get 30 people. The studios would lose fucking asses over it. Here's the answer. And th what he says in this next article that I'm going to read to you guys, actually, it, it agrees and disagrees with both of us, but it, it actually changes my perspective on it. My original idea was do not do not release Halloween Kills straight to VOD. Yeah. Because, and, and the one thing that nobody's answering right now is how are you going to deal with piracy? Because when it becomes to a smaller franchise, and I know Halloween's not smaller in most eyes, but when you compare it to superhero movies like Wonder Woman, it is smaller. Yeah. We talked about The Conjuring. The Conjuring makes so much more money than the Halloween franchise does. For us, this is a, it's a property that we care about. We need it to live because the fact of the matter is, is that, and this is not, we don't worry about this happening. It's not going to happen. But if Halloween had come out in 2018 and people didn't pay to go see it in the movie theaters, we were never going to get it was, it was a Halloween Kills. Yeah. And it was so much to the fact that they wrote the movie, they had the movie set as a trilogy, and were afraid to announce that because if it fails, we're never going to get the sequels. They they changed the script, they changed everything because they weren't sure themselves how good it was going to do at the box office. Yeah. So if, if, if a movie like Halloween Kills goes straight to VOD, and it's one of the first big movies to go straight to VOD because just the time frame mm. that we're looking at. And it's the first one to take a 50% or like a huge fucking hit because of pirating. Then you might not ever see Halloween ends. It might kill that fucking franchise in its tracks because studios aren't smart enough to see that this is one of the first ones to go. I mean, it's possible, but I, I'm not. I'm not pessimistic enough to like. I'm it's not gonna, gonna risk stop. it. I know, but I don't think it'll stop it. Like, dude, piracy's been around forever, though. Yeah. That's the thing. And, and and you know, the VOD, the HD. And you were saying all that shit. I was like, what about the DOT? <laughs> what about the piracy's VOD? not been around in an age of new release high profile movies going straight to VOD. I know, but you know, it would be a, it would be a hurdle for them to have to overcome, and but they would probably put something in effect. I don't know, like, I, this was all discussed in the last episode, so I don't want to revisit that what we did, uh, as far as we discuss it, but at the same time, I don't think it would stop it. I think that there would be something in place that they would still make their money. Piracy's always going to be something. Like, even now, when you have movies in theaters, they pirate the fuck out of things. But again, it's not HD copies. There is no system But there are place. people that don't care about that. Like, there are people that literally will watch a goddamn shitty thing that somebody shot out of a potato, because it's free, but I mean, so that's you're talking huge numbers and difference. Well, right? but, but when you play but, the percentages on that, there's a huge bunch but there was, of people. But there that was don't piracy for like a big giant movie like um, uh, Doctor Sleep. It was out on fucking uh, you know pirated. But and, not, and, and, but it doesn't. I mean, but the fact is, people watched it and people still watched it. It had a ton of fucking links. The thing is. I don't think it would stop the movie industry, and I think what Jason Blum was saying, I think that what we're, we're going to have is it's going to be a transformative moment after this. Well, so we'll go in and, he, and, and here's where this this changes my opinion. And what he says next is it changes my opinion on the whole idea because I think there's 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 a middle ground to be had here. I don't think you can go straight to VOD no matter what. I don't, I don't think you can do that at all. But what he says is really interesting. He says I don't think theaters are ever going to go away. 
the collective experience of going to a theater mm -hmm. and, and and taking in a movie, I think that's going to be around for a long time. I think there's uh, there'll be less movies in theaters. There'll be less of a selection, or I should say there'll be many, many fewer movies in theaters with the window. And I think there'll be many more movies in theaters, but they only last a week or two. Yeah. So what he's saying there is if you have a movie that like, Maybe some of these movies that go straight to VOD right now that are worthy, and we've talked about that, they, they would be worthy of being in movie theaters, but they don't have, they're not tied to a classic IP, they're not a sequel or whatever, so for them to exist, they have to go straight to VOD. Um, what he's saying is like, those movies will go to theaters as well as movies like Halloween Kills or the mm -hmm. bigger movies that you know. But instead of lasting for months there, they last there, they, they go there for two weeks so that the the biggest crowds, like you and me, would be there. We right. would go to the theater to see Halloween Kills in the theater. Maybe it only lasts in theaters for two weeks and then it goes to VOD, but the theaters still get their money for that opening week, <clears throat> that opening second week, and then you could go straight to DOD instead of waiting four months like we've been doing. Mm -hmm. That platform makes total sense to me. Yeah, and you know, it's possible that that might be the reality afterwards, and uh, Jason Blub's in the movie industry, so he would no, but I think that they're, they are strongly considering. I'm just saying this. I'm reading between the lines. They're looking at VOD straight on, like with Halloween Kills. I'm telling you, it just feels that way. No way. I'm telling you, shit. I'm telling you, dude, because they were the first ones that released their movies, The Invisible Man, which is based on the like a very, very popular. The Invisible Man was in theaters for weeks before. I, I know that, but it still came out on VOD way ahead of schedule. And then The Hunt had just come out. Ahead of schedule. That's not. What, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. So if they release Halloween Kills in theaters for two weeks and then go to VOD, that's well, one what, thing. Let me let me, get, not let me get to my to point. So my point is though that he's probably strongly considering it. Like Blumhouse, like they want to make their money. They want to figure out a way what the landscape's going to look like after this thing is over. It's going to be a very risky proposition. They're not getting a bailout. Okay, Hollywood's going to go like they're going to fucking be like with no money. We don't know that. Well, that, that's again that's speculation, but it's possible. And I mean, I, like there's a lot of like sources that you can probably go and find and articles about it. But either way, if they don't get any kind of money or stimulus package at all, and it's Hollywood on their own. And they're not, they didn't make any fucking money at all. Like, it'll be, it'll, like, this has never happened in their entire fucking span of Hollywood where they've made zero money in, 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 in like, in theaters, like, ever. A lot of studios are gonna look at this and they're like, well, like, like, Netflix are putting out, like, giant fucking production movies. HBO's been doing it for years. Uh, and Amazon's in on it now. Apple is coming in strong. They're like, can we make a killer on, on, on with this VOD idea rather than do the theater thing? And if it's yes, if it's overwhelmingly, we gotta make money now, it's possible. I don't think, I just, I don't feel, I just don't, if this thing is still going on after October, I just, I don't feel like they're gonna push it back. They're, I don't, I, I think that they're, they're gonna wanna do it. Like, yes, Wonder Woman 1984, like, as far as, like, a cinematic experience, like a, like a cinematic movie, a blockbuster is way bigger, way bigger than uh, Halloween Kills. You know, I'm not talking about, like, how, like, obviously, we love Halloween. It's bigger in our eyes. But as far as, like, how much money that movie's gonna make, like, probably a billion dollars, like pushing it back and seeing what happens in 2021, that, that's probably a smart idea for them. Halloween Kills, where they, they might bring in a good giant amount of uh, change on it and they can maybe, if they possibly could get that in October still, because people would still be, if they were still locked in and they were like, oh, October is a good month for it, let's release it on VOD. And even if, the, even if theaters were open, I'm just saying if theaters were still open, I think it would be a very limited run. You know, like how, um, Jane saw Bob did uh, with the reboot. If theaters are open, there's no reason not no, to no, no, fully not, not, not fully open. Like, you know, if it was like, but if they open the theaters up and people still aren't going because they're still nervous about it because the shit's still getting cleaned up and, and, you know, they're not they're not sure. And because, 
there's a lot of fear and, 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 and speculation and conjecture out there about where we're going to be at and what's going on. But even if like some people, just, like you don't want to get it, you don't want to get sick. You don't want to get that and have to, you know, worry about other things. So they would be like, I want to avoid it. And like a movie like that, where we would, we would expect it to be fucking packed opening night with a bunch of people there with their Michael Myers shit on and, and trying to stab titties. It's not going to be that. There may be six or seven people. Well, here's in the, the thing. Uh, the, 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 the way that Halloween sticks out, against all of it, and Wonder Woman, all of it. The mm. way that Halloween sticks out is there was a reason it's it, they want to release it in October. Yeah. This is one of those few movies, and probably maybe even the only movie, that specifically needs to release at that time. It needs to release in October. Right. So if theaters are open in October, and we're past this, and God willing, I hope we are, yeah. they need to release it in October. So, and again, we talked about this last video, but I think if they don't release it this October, Halloween Kills will be pushed a full year back to the next October, also giving them time to film Halloween Ends with all the restrictions on filming going on to push that another year. So I think they'll push both films back another year. I don't think there's any way in shit fuck that it goes straight to VOD. I don't know, man. But we'll see. I, I never thought that they... I would never thought I'd be in the day where they release, like, fucking cinematic movies that are still in theaters on VOD. But I will say this. But... Honestly, though, like what he's saying, though, goes exactly with what I was saying with like Invisible Man, um, uh, Bloodshot, the hunt. the hunt. Those movies had a week or two in theaters. Yeah. So to release them on VOD is not that fucking weird. It's changed. It's new. It's different. Before they had like a six week thing or whatever the rule was, but they had a week or two in theaters. Yeah. And that's kind of what Blum is saying right now. And I think that's what he's going to try to push the industry towards is like, let's release movies in theaters for two weeks and start taking VOD movies that wouldn't have released in theaters at all, so you'll have more movies in theaters at a time, but they'll only last for two-week runs, and then they'll go straight to VOD. So if you want to see it two weeks early, like we will, we'll go to the theater and see it, and then two weeks later it'll be on VOD, which is a huge change for the industry. That's fine. That's the thing I didn't think about when we talked about this before, and I think that's a smart way to do it. As long as you have the chance for, for a week or two, if you want to see the movie in theaters, if you want to experience it in theaters, and you want to have that experience, you you have the chance to do that. I think that's the only way to keep theater chains alive and keep that experience alive, but also move into the future with releasing shit on VOD. So I, I like what he said there a lot. Um, Jay, like I said, uh, he knows what he's talking about. I feel like he wasn't talking out of his uh, side cheek. More ass. so than anybody. Yeah, yeah. and I, but I, I just I, I got this feeling, man. I just I don't know. Like again, they were the first ones to start doing this. Like they're really considering looking. They were the, they're looking deeply into this, and then they just released that new movie. I don't know what it was. Some cartoon bullshit movie. I didn't even watch it. Onward, onward, strictly to VOD with the Disney Plus platform. But it's still it's strictly it was yeah. a theater movie, and it released only on it was VOD with the Disney platform plus or whatever. Yeah, that's another thing. And and so other studios are starting to fall in line, and they're looking at this, and they're like, if it makes money and it's doing well, they're like, why not keep doing it? I don't know. I'm just saying Jason Blum is smart, and he knows what he's doing, and he, he has a great company, and he's done really well with the Halloween franchise. I think he's going to make the best decision possible for the franchise moving forward. I think that we'll see what happens in the end. But hopefully, the, like hopefully that his. Um, his idea of the future will go into effect and it'll yeah. be something like that. We're not going to have the old theater experience back, guys. Like, I mean, that's just, to be honest, like, it's probably never going to, it won't happen for years to come. But I think, dude, I think, and I think that's the best possible outcome for all this. I think the idea that, like, okay, the big releases, the big releases won't last for two months like they used to. Even the big releases will only be there for two weeks, but... When you when you give theaters and movie makers that option to take these movies that would have went straight to VOD, yeah. like everything goes to theaters now, where some stuff didn't go to theaters before. Everything goes goes to theaters now, but it's only there for two weeks, 
and then like so you replace those two weeks worth of movies with two weeks worth of movies some of them which wouldn't have been in the theaters at all like uh, uh, especially during uh, awards time mm -hmm. how many movies during awards time like limited theaters or whatever let's take everything put it in theaters for two weeks and then you got a constant revolving doors of movies well, that are playing in theaters and then everything goes to VOD well, and then the hardcores ha you, you have that option to go and even I don't even care if they raise the fucking prices for movie theaters. Well, I do. Fuck that. It's already uh, expensive but enough. If, if, if that's what it takes to keep that alive, dude, how much, like, you're telling me right now you wouldn't pay a couple extra dollars to rent a movie? Dude, if you could just have the experience of going. Uh, for instance, that's one way video rental stores could have stayed alive. If they'd have just broke that barrier for two weeks, like, okay, two weeks. For two weeks, when this movie, the movie's out of theaters, and then for two weeks you can rent it before it goes on the streaming device, before it goes to Redbox. You have a two-week period, so you can either wait the two weeks and you can Redbox it, or you can watch it on TV or, or stream it, or you can go ahead and rent the movie or buy it for two weeks. That little period right there, that probably would have kept Blockbuster, Hollywood Video, that whole dream would have kept it alive because that two weeks there for hardcore moviegoers, they would have went there and they would have actually done it. the Blockbuster went out because they missed the streaming thing. The Blockbuster well, they fucked up. Well, Blockbuster yeah. was going to be a, they, if they said they should have got into the streaming service way earlier and make a Blockbuster yeah. thing, and they would have survived. But I'm saying but, if, if it was like through, throughout the whole, I, I throughout think, the whole industry, yeah, if, if they, the agreement was when the movie leaves theaters, there's a two week, there's a two week barrier where it's only allowed to be watched through physical media through rental stores before it goes to streaming and Redbox, it would have kept the video rental industry alive. And that might be how they keep movie theaters alive. I don't want to be Debbie Downer in the fucking gutter sucking dick, but at the same time, you got to imagine what the exclusivity rights on that would have cost them. They would never have been able to afford it. These movies, they all like, get money out. Well, yeah, but movie theaters like, fuck you. I'm not going to let you have physical copies of this and keep it two weeks before I can make more money on the streaming service and reach more people. As long it, as they get their percentage, what they get. But fuck. Blockbuster would never have been able to afford it. Like, it would have been a massive amount of money that yeah. they couldn't afford. The, the, the problem with Blockbuster is, and Blockbuster specifically, I'm not. I can't remember. I watched that documentary on, you know, there was on YouTube or something about the the dying uh, platform of physical media. But Blockbuster was featured specifically, and they said that the reason why they died was because Blockbuster did not get with the times. They did not understand that Netflix was going to be a fucking juggernaut. Specifically as a company, though. But I'm just saying, like, as an industry, though. As an well, industry, I mean, let me, I, like, they could keep that alive. The, the, but they did not understand that streaming was the wave of the future. And what you're doing now is you're having people that want shit now. I want it now. And they wanted to have it in the access of their home without having to leave and order a pizza and just chill and watch the streaming I, service. I see what you're saying dude i'm just saying i'm not saying get rid of it i'm saying cut down the legal red tape cut down the time of it so before when the movie would come out you'd have to wait six months for it to come on rental yeah. right and then another six months to a year before it came on tv back in the olden times but if you just instead of getting rid of the industry if you just cut down the red tape at the time limit so the movie comes out in theaters it's in theaters for two weeks mm. then you get two weeks where you can stream it for 15 dollars, and then you get two weeks where you can rent it for six dollars and then it's available like just cut down that and i think that's what blum's saying he's like Let's still release it in theaters, well, but just cut the what time I, what down. I was, what I was disagreeing with is the fact that I don't think Blockbuster would have survived doing that model anyway, just because it would have been too much money, and the fact that nobody would have. They were like, "No, I want to." If the streaming service is available, I and I get it for five bucks. Plus, Netflix at the time was doing physical media. You could rent it. You could literally get it mailed to your house if you didn't have internet. I'm saying if they not, I'm not saying that wouldn't have been available. Yeah. I'm saying you would instead of making them wait six months because they fought against that six months or whatever it was, and they made it available now, which killed the industry. But if they would have given the video rental industry, the physical media industry, two weeks where 
When the movie leaves theaters, you have two weeks to sell it in your stores before it's available anywhere else. And they would I don't know how that would have worked out, but if they were to work that deal out, we could still have video rental stores. And I, I wish that I wish that they, you know, were owned by Bill Gates and had that much access to money, because that would have been great. I would love it if they had made a deal like that. Unfortunately, either way, I don't want the movie theaters to die. I don't think anybody in their right mind wants the movie theater to die. Even the you know younger generations that haven't grown up with you know you, you know the blockbusters and the Hollywood videos and the other rental stores, and then their entire childhood is centered around movie theaters and going out there with your friends and all that good shit. And like I remember drive-ins, like drive-ins were fucking fun. I wouldn't yeah. have seen goddamn uh, fucking uh, Lion King. At a drive-in, they were Batman Begins. They were cool as shit. They were awesome because you get yeah. like two features: you get some popcorn, you get some Twizzlers, get a hot dog in there, suck a girl's boob, whatever you wanted to do, whatever you were into at the time. But it sucks that it's gone. I don't. I, so I don't. But I don't think that the newer, the, the, the next generation of, of fans want movie theaters to go. Like I don't think anybody really wants that to happen. Uh, it is easier access to have it available to you at your fingertips on your phone, uh, on your on your on your uh, HD TV or your your fucking 4K TV. Yeah. And that's always going to be something that they have to fight against because, again, instant fucking uh, gratification is what a lot of people want now. They want instant access to Google. They want instant access to but this. But that pendulum is also swinging to where people want nostalgia and they want right. retro stuff. And, and too. that's why. But that, but the, what's happened? But that's again. You can keep like there's movie theaters now that they only show old stuff. They don't yeah. show new stuff. So it's still nostalgic for people that want to go into the theater and experience the theater. They can still go do that. I don't that. know if they can I, survive on that. I though. think what the problem is, I think it's not just the facts that the movie theaters themselves have got to figure out a fucking way to get their shit together. Because I don't think charging people more money and having to pay a goddamn uh, Trump for ransom to go and get some fucking food and, and a drink and go in to see a movie and pay like 80 bucks. That's how bucks, they stay alive, though. I mean, the, the concession stands is how movie theaters stay alive. I'm just saying, like, I agree with you. I'm just saying... Look, come to an agreement, cut down the time limit. Like, let's keep movie theaters alive, but cut down the time limit of which they're allowed to hold that ransom yep. on those movies, and then everybody can get their little bit. Either way, so. but but you know what? Jason Blum is a fucking smart guy, and it yeah. was a great interview. Uh, I didn't I didn't watch it. He opened my eyes. It was on Ben Shapiro's, uh, I think he's on The Daily Wire. I don't know if there's an actual video of the, uh, of the interview. I'd love to watch it, but either way, you can read it yourself. Yeah. Draw your own conclusions, but that's what we have to say. In the darkness, in the night of light. And don't worry, we're not mad at you. I, I <laughs> I swear to God, the last episode I was reading comes like they fucking hate it. I almost watched Friendship Dies. Like me and Mike have hated each other a lot harder than this. <laughs> All right, we fight about, over not. I thought about like me and Mike almost got to a fist fight over fucking pogs and slammers back in the day. <laughs> this was nothing. Covering himself in some kind of Crisco or KY jelly, I don't know which, and rubs them on his nipples. He breaks a goddamn keep. You what? Onto the reviews! Ready for action? Of the Hit it, son. The video, I mean, not the podcast. It's going to be on podcast, too. But yeah, Halloween Inferno, guys. This is going to come out later this week, but we've got our early first look at Halloween Inferno Part 2. If you Halloween guys... Inferno does sound like a, a place that 50-year-olds could go party. <laughs> okay, we've got a Halloween Inferno for all you fucking 80s guys. Uh, yeah, come to Payless. Okay, let's <laughs> do it. No, but uh, if you guys remember, we did uh, Halloween Inferno, the, the first part. We did a reaction to it. And it was fucking cool as shit. Insane. It was tied right into Halloween to that. We cut the cut your cups. <laughs> I will take your nuts and wear them. The Halloween 2018 storyline, and it was dope as shit. It was, it was really, really good. good, guys. The first thing we have to tell you about the part two of this is they stepped their fucking game up. It is so fucking good, man. It's like they traded and got LeBron James. <laughs> I mean, what you do, dog? It's insane. What you do, dog? You already had a loaded team, dog. Lakers. Yeah. 
the, the way that they weave this tail, like all I'm gonna say, like we don't wanna give any, any spoilers away, but they do it with the fucking utmost care and smart satisfaction in your loins of the night. Um, I don't even know how that guy walks around with balls that big. I mean, you would literally <laughs> have to have a, a, a baby basket to walk around with balls that big, because that guy, he takes something, a great formula that he did with uh, Halloween Inferno Part 1, and he's mixing it in with Halloween, the greatness of 2018, and he puts it together in, a, in, a, in a, an amazing, polished film like he did with Halloween Inferno Part 2, and it looks so good, and, and the acting is really well done, and the story is really, really awesome. And then there are scenes in it, and I don't want to give away the scenes. Don't I, do I, it. I don't want to do it. I, I want to give don't it Don't you to fucking you. do it. Let the people decide. Bring me your soul. No, I, I really want to, but I can't. There's there's a couple of scenes specifically that stand out uh, that involve, for me, Michael Myers. And they do it so well. And it looks so fucking fantastic. It's going to blow your fucking mind. It's going to make you have to poop your pants. And and that's always a, you know, that's always a risk we have to take. But it's just so, like, magnetic. Like, it really pulls you in when you see that. Like, for me, like, visually... It's stunning, but there's certain moments in films, like certain visuals that you see, and it really takes it to another level and goes all the way up to Hershey yeah. Mountain, all the way out your butt. And, <laughs> and they do a great job. Uh, this guy, he's done. He deserves all you respect, dog. Man. Put the respect down. Listen, the way if I say do dog one more fucking time, <laughs> I'm gonna call Randy from American Idol and apologize. <laughs> the way they take this little pocket and and they they tell this this their own nuanced version of the story. Halloween fans are gonna, sh you guys are gonna fucking freak. You know what? It's so good, man. It, it, it's like when they made, uh, it's like when they made bagel bites. Pizza in the morning, pizza, pizza in the evening, evening pizza, pizza at supper, supper time. time. When pizza's on a bagel, you can eat pizza anytime. anytime. It's like that. You're like, fuck, this is the greatest thing ever. I can have pizza whenever I want it. <laughs> fuck yes, you've invented something great. I thought electricity was great, Dude. but bagel bites is number one. They take a turn on Halloween 2018 that you will fucking, you dude, there's one, all I'm gonna say is, Fick! It's so good. You know what that reminds me? so dude, good. You know, I got the chills a little bit. I got the little uh, goosey bumpies up my back when I saw that. It, it reminded me of the same, like, um, I'm not gonna be dishonest, but it was up there. Uh, when you saw Batman Begins for the first time, when you saw the trailer for it, it's like all fucking weird and shit, and you don't know what movie it is, and then when he goes, here. And then, it, you know, when, when they're like, where are you? And you see here, and he's yeah. like, hanging upside down, and then it's like Batman. I was like, Huh? Like I, it fucking it, like it like it set the tone for like oh fuck man that, that was such a great visual Dude, it's, and it's the same way that I feel when when I saw that and again I don't want it just to be focused on that one particular scene there's a lot of great scenes in the film but that was something that really made our dicks hard and that's not that's easy to do all you got to do is blow on us and we'll get hard but it really made it hard for like four hours sometimes a cold wind blows and I get a hard on but no yeah. literally Who left and, the window we did a re, we, we filmed a reaction for it when we watched it mm -hmm. that's not going to be out until after the uh, the short comes out, but there was one moment in, in the scene where I, I particularly yelled out, like, if this was a scene in Halloween Kills, the scene that we were watching in this fan film, if this were a scene in Halloween Kills, I would buy it, I'd be okay with it, and yeah. I'd be fucking psyched about it. They take something that happens in Halloween 2018, and they film it so fucking well, and it looks so fucking good, and it's so intense, and so well done, that it literally could be a scene in Halloween Kills, and you would be alright with it. This is one of the best Halloween Michael Myers fan films I have ever fucking seen and I cannot wait for you guys to watch it It's gonna blow your fucking minds. Yeah, I mean without a doubt and and again So much respect goes out to people that make these fan films and yeah. there's so much effort that they go through to make these things happen for all of us to enjoy and, and dissect and experience 
and they really did uh, take the taco pal like I, like I've, like there's a lot of fan films out there and there are there are a lot of really good ones there are a lot of like poorly not poor but just not all the way up there um, but this one it, like you said it, it does feel like something left over from like a Jason like like a Blumhouse script like that is something that they either had included or in their film or maybe like bonus features that they cobbled because when you watch it and you see what they're doing with it how it looks and, and the story that's going through it especially the guy the Dr. Loomis guy that they got man I'm like fuck that is so like creative and well done it's like man you yeah. should have been a consultant on fucking Halloween like I, without a doubt and you guys are gonna love. You also this. get the you get the fan like th there's definitely they've got the Halloween uh, 2018 fucking badasses of John Carpenter. The music score is great. They've got that and the original the OG uh, Halloween theme music. Again, can't say enough about it. Uh, and when it comes out, when it drops, make sure you like it. You subscribe to their channel. You give them some love. And you give them some chocolates yeah. for Valentine's Day. Halloween Inferno Part 2 is going to come out here in just a day or so, and it's going to blow your fucking minds. And our, our review of it, like, we don't, like, rate fan films because we respect them so much, what they're doing. Like, it's hard to rate it, but... I'm not doing it. Don't do it. It's top-notch. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. It's top-notch. Yeah. Halloween Inferno Part 2, keep it on your fucking radar. Make sure you guys watch that shit. It's going to blow your fucking tits off. Top gear. In school. So, you are jiggling me. Stop. But I, I couldn't. No, your arm is jiggling. Why are you so fucking hot? Stop! Your body heat is like a goddamn Sahara Desert. So, moving on into the other reviews that we're going to do Okay, well, yeah, I, let, let me go ahead and, and let's, let, let me. Spit. Let me introduce this. Okay? Spit it. I'm going to spit some rhymes at you. Spit you guys ever truth. heard of a movie that nobody wanted to watch, but then you watched it and you're like, why did I watch that? But I did watch it. Now I have to think about it all the time. And it had a movie that had a monster that looked a lot like Madonna without makeup on. Well, I got a movie for you. It's called The Unnameable or The Unwatchable or both. No, uh, it was a Patreon requested film. Our friend Chuck Pavic requested this, and we have a dual Patreon going on, by the way, between Church 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 Church, Church, Church Jackson and Chuck The Unnameable. Uh, Chuck, I, I want to ask you a question, and I like your first name because Chuck Norris is a great guy. I mean, I heard that. He died of, in 1992, but Death was too afraid to tell him. Nordic track. Uh, he was. Uh, but Chuck Norris is still alive. Do you hate us? It's okay. Don't like, be. were you mad at us for something? <laughs> Did we say something that offended your butthole? No. I, look, I, you may enjoy this. And I'm not taking anything away from anybody that doesn't I think he this. knows it was so good it's bad. It's, it's not so even, bad it's I don't good. know if it's so bad it's good. It's just like, it's so bad it's fucked. <laughs> like, look, uh, there are moments in this film that it's kind of cool like the practical effects that's the thing you gotta love about movies that came out in the 80s like 1988 when this movie was released the practical effects look decent and and you know the gore is the gore effect is there they don't show a lot uh, but god damn that monster's fucking annoying so you shut the fuck up and go back to werewolf's teddy bear city i don't well, i don't even know what that thing is what? i thought it was a dude i thought i thought the creature was a dude and then i saw titties <laughs> and then i was slightly aroused and then i hated myself first off chuck is a badass dude <laughs> that was a great Pavic, guy I'm thank you for this pick man thank you for being awesome you and he's actually sent us the blu-ray for it to watch it on too but the unnameable 1988 there's these dudes and they're hanging out in a field and they're like they're uh, they're college kids, but they're like hoity-toity fucking oh, fuck. like. I, I'm just gonna say, uh, and I'm nothing against those guys, those actors that played that. And I, you know, they're not, but they look like the kind of fucking douchebags that would cover up for Sandusky. 
at Penn State. They look like they Van look, Wilder's like nemesis. Yeah, like, that's what they are. Especially that motherfucker that does the folklore. Yeah, obviously uh, you're not up on the folklore because when I say it's true, there has to be something to happen. I was like, <laughs> shut the fuck up and get laid. <laughs> they're such dicks, man. But they're sitting out in a field, and, and, and well, the movie opens up in olden times, right? Like we're in the olden times, dude. Did, did, uh, you, did you think like the, the, the Sam Adams the, motherfuckers the, in his I, castle? Do you look like motherfucking Geppetto <laughs> running around with his little fucking nightcap? He's like, I have just a little nightcap, and he was supposed to be a fucking warlock. Like, what the fuck warlock is that from the land of Oz? He looked like a. Like, I was thinking, as soon as I saw it, dude, he had that little uh, little uh, night hat. I was like, that's motherfucking Geppetto. <laughs> Geppetto. He's sitting in his castle like Beauty and the Beast, and like, he hears something tap, tap, tapping at his window door. And he goes up oh. and, and he releases things like, now it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. And he lets this monster out. And the monster eventually fucking eats him and rips his fucking heart out. And the dude's laying there like George Washington, just like bleeding out. And then, like, but that death scene was funny because the dude that like had his heart ripped out, like the monster rips his heart out and throws it on top. And the dude starts humping. He's like, <laughs> now he was getting it up. He was, fucking, he was getting it up. He, he was like humping on top of his own dead heart. And he was an old man. But then you see these three college kids laying out, having a fucking picnic together. And they're like, the one kid's like, Oh, I got, I got the best ghost stories. You want to hear my... I got the best fucking ghost stories. And he tells them about... I was like, this. no, I was just wondering when the fucking beer's coming. Why are we all <laughs> hanging out here together? Yeah, there's these three, like, freshman college kids. They're hanging out in this forest. No, or there's one. the two are seniors. That kid's a freshman. Oh, that's right. But they're hanging out, and he's like, well, there was this one kid, and he saw something so horrendous in that window that he died of shock. What's it worse than your mother's face? Where's the fucking cat coming? I wish that they had <laughs> been, like, realistic fucking college kids. And then the one guy's like, dude, I'm not scared. I'm going to stay the night in this house by myself. Who's coming with Nobody. me? And they're both like, nah. <laughs> it's like, nah. Nah. So the dude stays the night in his house by himself. I gotta return some videotapes. It's hundreds of years later or whatever, and he goes to stay the night in his house by himself, but obviously the creature, the unnameable creature, who you don't see for 97% of the film. Oh my god. Fucks his shit up. I look, like, oh my god, dude. Like, I don't, I don't wanna, I don't wanna, I don't talk about it. <laughs> like, dude, like, I, like, I, look, Chuck, Chuck, is there a self-help program that we need to sign you up for? No, I'm kidding. Like, <laughs> it's it just, it's, it's like, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> like, I liked, I liked the, I, I liked the gore parts of it. I thought the, the gore, gore parts were well. really good and they were well done. I think the movie itself for what it was being corny and, and crass and cheesy, if it was on purpose, I'd be like, okay with it. But it almost felt like in some ways, a bit above. It, yeah. It was like, they didn't really have an identity for the movie. They didn't know like where to go because they had that one douchebag kid that was in the folklore stuff and it felt like he was supposed to be a comedy relief kind of like um like uh oh what's his name from House on the Haunted Hill the remake Chris Kattan Chris Kattan like yeah. kind of like a Chris Kattan kind of guy but they didn't really go with that enough and develop it uh, and then there's some corny ass fucking moments where like literally corn chips grew in my hair it was so corny it was really bad corny and it wasn't good bad corny it was just corny uh but Fuck, dude! Like that monster. When I was like, God damn, I yeah. was like, Are you serious? So for like ninety percent of this film, you don't see the monster. You don't know where it really. Is. You just hear it's like girlish screams. It's like, yeah, 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 and like, like that's all you like, hear. It sounds like anybody on the toilet after a night with tacos. It's like me eating beat ups three times this week from the takeout. <laughs> it's like, bad. Uh, the it's shits bad. are pain. the mango habanero. Listen, when you eat mango habanero from beat ups, there's two things. It's got the heat and it's got the syrup. So not only do you have painful shits, but you have slow painful shits. So basically, I was the monster in you got the, the castle. coffee maker shits. Yes, I was the monster in the castle in this movie. But you got the one kid, uh, the one dude who's this college kid, and he's like really fucking Egon, but like a dick Egon, and he's like. Full 
full on like I am a straight up nerd. I'm all about the numbers and the facts. I think he looked like uh, young Jerry O'Connell. I could see, yeah, I could see that too. Yeah. And then you've got the kid who's a freshman, and like that—that that is the kid that's a freshman. Oh, that, that, we're yeah. talking about two different people. Well, there's the freshman kid. He looks just like uh, Bates Motel, the kid who was in Bates Motel. That's uh, what I thought playing. he looked like, Jerry O'Connell. Yeah. yeah, he's a freshman, and he's like a nice kid or whatever, and he's like, we should go check on this guy. Because the dude, he decides to, to fake his friend out. He's like, I'm going to go. I'm going to stay the night in the castle just to prove that you're full of shit. Because you got the one nerdy kid who's an asshole who like is like super smart, and he's like, mm-mm. He's got like the Ivy League sweaters, like, fuck you guys. And then you've got these two like douchebag college kids who are trying to pick up girls. So they bring these two girls to this house too. So long story short, everybody ends up in this house, <laughs> in this in this old school house where this creature is supposed to live in the. Kind of like how the viewers are. We got sucked into this fucking dream, yeah. <laughs> and I can't wake up. And this the unnameable creature just starts killing people <laughs> off one by one slowly. And when he kills people, you gotta give him credit. It's gory. He yeah. fucking ruins. Uh, but people. dude, I, okay, at what point did you be like, all right, fuck me for fucking having? the time to sit here and watch this. Was it the part where you saw her come out of the fucking shadows and look like goddamn uh, Godelina from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Or was it when they shit fucking tree branches at her? <laughs> through the fucking window. The tree spirits were with me. We're not even, we're not even there yet. I, I, don't, I don't even want to talk. I, I really, you know, at this point, you got, you got Castle Freak and then you've got Hell Knight with Linda Blair. But long story short, these all these people are trapped in this house. And, they, and like a couple of them, like college kids having sex. This one girl... What was up with her tits, by the way? She had a titty and then a nipple, which was the size of a titty, on top of a nipple, which was the size of a titty. Did you see those? I, I saw I saw rocky tits. No, there, it was it was a tit, and then her nipple was the size of a whole nother tit, and then it was the nipple was another size of another. Like it, they, they like there was the tit, and then the nipple was its whole own tit. It was mm. you, you didn't see that. I didn't. It was really, I, I, I didn't. I, I was so out of it. I didn't. But it was it was fucking crazy. Anyways, like this this this. These college kids get trapped in this, and like the college kids are such assholes that like you hate half of them anyways. This castle freak fucking monster starts showing up, and it starts fucking people up, and you don't see him for ninety percent of the movie. All you hear is his girlish screams, but when he starts to show up, you see his goat feet. I uh, <laughs> you see his fucking goat feet like halfway through the movie, he's like motherfucker has goat feet, and then when he finally shows up, heez like. That's what I said. It was like I, I thought it, it looked like a it looked like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles bad guy, like Godelina, or it could be a fucking Skeletor bad it guy. It looked like it was smelling its own fart, though. It was like, eh, oh, eh. I was like, yes, that looks familiar. <laughs> Ex-wife, <laughs> are you there? When it shows up, and then all the smart dude like goes under the ground, and he starts like reading poetry, and then like shit starts blowing up. Oh my god, starts, it's so bad. It's fucking. It's the worst. It's not a good movie at all. Do they shake? They, they shake tree branches fun. at it. You can literally probably. There's guys like, like they're like ah. <laughs> they're shaking they're shaking tree branches and they're like get it like they're switching her like when you even get switched they're like and she's like, like, ah. like <laughs> but you know what here's the weird thing there's one part where the guy's on the ground and it's crawling up on her and i was so like you know what i'd do it it's like if you're drunk enough you're like because well, the monster has like boom, goat it's, it's a girl it's a girl fucking uh, monster and it was like she was like <laughs> and she's like crawling up on him, and he's like another. If you were like fucking drunk or high, you're like gonna die. It's like, what if you're you're like mm, on an erection or something? You're like, I'm sorry. And then it was like, oh, <laughs> but it was it, like it, it's funny. Uh, it's it's there's a lot of like 
super cheesiness in it that you can like be like, hey, that's funny. It looks like a trailer for cats. It just, oh God, it, it, looks, it does. It's like a wearing a cat suit, and when it finally comes out, it's like, and, it, and it's trying to be scary. It's like, Argh. it looks like, Ugh. you're right. It, it looks like cats <laughs> produced by Sammy Sosa. It's fucking the steroids weird. were in it everywhere because that thing was fucking pumped up. But nonetheless, um, no, dude, I'm sorry. It's a good bad I, horror movie. I, I, I'm sorry, I can't even give it a good bad. Based on an H.P. Lovecraft story, by the way. It's, but H, yeah, H.P. So, Lovecraft died three times when that movie was The made. whole idea of the movie is that the creature is so hideous that it's unnameable because you can't describe how ugly it is. Nobody talks about me in front of my face! <laughs> and when you finally see it, it just looks like a goat that was wearing a cat suit. And it's like, I don't know, it's so fucked up and weird. It's uh, a wild fucking movie. I, 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 I'm sorry, man. It's not... Mike thinks it's so bad it's good. I, I think it's just so bad it's fucked. Like, it's so bad it's bad. <laughs> I give it a 5 out of 10. Oh, wow, dude. I give it a 5 for sheer fucking batshitness. Oh, uh, did you get paid for this review? <laughs> or what? <laughs> I give it... Well, well, I give it... Uh, let me, I let me the, be fair. I give it a 5 because the acting is so bad it's funny. No, that, like, well, the acting is bad funny. I you gotta give that, it that. I, I, I say that because Mike and I reacted to a Merkins video and we were accused of taking Oh, money. yeah. So, that's why I said that. But uh, Mike did, did get paid. Uh, in blowjobs, but no, uh, actually, uh, I'm gonna give the movie a goddamn 2.0. I fucking, I, I'm sorry, man. And, and look, Chuck, I love you, man. I, I really do. But I think that we, Mike and I really did something to insult you, and you try to battering our buttholes and say, "Watch this shit," and be ruined. But I, I just, I, the, the, and the reason why I'm giving it even a 2.0, I didn't enjoy the movie. I didn't, I didn't. I was like, you will not enjoy yourself, and this will not be over quickly. <laughs> like it felt like that. I, I was being tortured in the BDSM room. You, you can't tell me you didn't laugh at the college no, no, kids and their bad acting. I didn't even laugh at that. It was entertaining. I, at first, I was like, it's going to get, like, maybe there's going to be something that happens that's going to be, like, obviously that it's supposed to be, you know, you know what I mean? Well, it was on accident, but it was bad, yeah. I, it just never happened. I felt like a vomit bag was completely strapped in my face constantly, <laughs> and I was... <laughs> but I like the graphic... I, the the well not the graphic but the the, the the gore effects I miss those and that's what yeah. I like the the thing about it uh, the the the, uh, the gore effects are done really well the practical effects and also the fact that I got to give them credit for it and even the 2.0 that I give it the balls to make movies like that like they you don't get to see that shit anymore no, it's like weird. you don't get to see anything like it that it feels like a tape that you like dug out of your name but I, I gotta I gotta give this I gotta give them credit though man at least they 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 took something and they tried to make it happen. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't try to rely on remake after remake after remake of doing something. They fucking did something with that, so I gotta give them credit for that, but it's a 2.0, man. Yeah. Flush it down the toilet. Yeah, and Chuck, we love you very much. And I, I hope that you did this as a joke. <laughs> I don't. I feel, I, I feel terrible if this is like your favorite horror movie. I am sorry. But, uh, and I love you very much, man. You're an awesome fucking dude. But yeah, that shit was fucking great. And, I, and again, I give it a 5 because I found the acting so bad and horrendous that I actually laughed at it and like had a good time. And the gore effects were really good. They were great. And the story is just so fucking batshit wild. So. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Chuck. What are you going to say? What are you going to say? I love you. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. God damn. That's how I felt after I watched. <laughs> That's true, I feel like <laughs> Michael, why are you doing- Oh, you're Michael doing- Yes! Yes, Michael! Suck a dick! Is what he's saying. I thought you were trying to do Phantom of the Opera, but what he did, he fooled me! Phantom And then sucked a dick! So our next review tonight is gonna be for our friend Church Jackson. Church Happy Jackson! Fucking birthday to you! Happy birthday, Mr. President! Happy birthday! To you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
Curtis Jackson, Revenge of the Action Movie is taking its place in the Wham! Video Weekly from now on. We're gonna do it this way. It's just gonna feel sexual and dark, and you're gonna like it. Welcome to the church, church. Let's get fucked up and smoke weed. <laughs> All right, Church Jackson, he chose Streets of Fire. Streets of Fire, and no, not those aisles in Costco where people are hoarding up on toilet paper. Those are Streets of Fire. You don't want that smoke. You'll... <laughs> <laughs> Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. Uh, but no, yeah, it's not that. It's 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 a 1984, the year of my birth. Uh, the 1984 film. It's got William Defoe in it. It's got Diane Lane in it. Fucking awesome. It's got the guy Fucking that played. Move. She's hot as fuck. Yeah. They got they got the guy that played Slider in Top Gun. <laughs> I don't know. He's been in some other movies, but I don't know. He's the deputy. Um, dude. It's, and then they got one guy, and I can't remember the motherfucker's name, the main guy in it, but you know, he reminded me of uh, like Jeff Speakman or something. Like he had the same kind of aura about him. He also, like the whole thing, the whole movie is set up like Double Dragon, the video game. It's like an NES game come to life on the fucking big screen. It was really cool to see. Uh, basically, it, it's it, like, I love the, it, it's like a rock and roll opera or something. It says, in another time and another place. Uh, and it takes you into a, a realm of like a 1950s kind of setting, but they've got 80s music going on, they've got 80s concerts, and then they've got like 1950s doo-wop kind of shit going on. Zoot, zoot, riot, riot. <laughs> they got that kind of shit going on too. And you know, they got the biker gangs, you've got the bombers, you've got the roadmasters, you've got all this cool shit going on. And, and, and very simple plot. Uh, Diane Lane is a rock and roll singer, and she's doing a concert. She that shit slaps. She a bombing. That shit slaps. She is smoking though, <laughs> and uh, it kind of remind me of Patty Smith or something. She fucking shit, goddamn hot, Joan Jett. Uh, but uh, and then uh, fucking uh, William Defoe, the leader of the bombers, a biker gang, decides I want a piece of that ass, and I don't want to ask permission. And while in the middle of their concert, he rushes to stay. By the way, if you're the most important guy that's in this movie, not the most important, but one of the. Maybe the most. Rick, Rick Moranis. fucking Moranis. Fuck yes, honey, I shrunk the kids again and suck it dick. And I hated his role in this. I, I liked it. I loved him so much that I hated his role. Yeah, he was great, though. That's when you know you're doing your job right. But, so, William Defoe wanting that ass. He's like, in the middle of her concert, he's like, I'm going to sneak up here like the repo man from the WWF, <laughs> and I'm going to attack. And that's what he does. In the middle of her song set, he's like, fuck yeah. And he grabs her, like, a caveman style, takes off out of, uh, I can't remember the little district they're in, into the Battery, which is another part of town that's a really bad part of town where they control the territory. So in the meantime, Reva, which is the sister of the main guy, sends a letter to, his, he's got the perfect name. He's got the perfect name for this fucking movie, Tom Cody. <laughs> this motherfucker, Tom and Cody. And they all call him Cody. Yeah, uh, like uh, the, the meanest rootin' tootin' son of a gun of the West. <laughs> uh, Tom Cody, uh, Reva, his sister, sends a me uh, message to him and says, I need you, because he's been gone for a long time. He comes back into town she basically says look you got to go rescue your old flame your ex-girlfriend that's been kidnapped by this asshole William Defoe that has a haircut that looks like the owl when the, with the fucking Tootsie Pop commercial <laughs> but fuck it you got to go do it and he's like I'm not doing nothing he talks like fucking he talks like Dolph Lundgren that had sex with Sylvester Stallone the script Stallone. is so bad and points like that like 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 but he, dude the movie is like vibrant as fuck and it's fun it's as so shit good. to watch but the script is so like yeah. it's almost cheesy and corny like I ain't gonna let nobody take my girl. Dude, I, and he meets another girl later on as the film progresses. Oh, Bill Paxton's in this. Fuck yeah, yeah Bill Paxton's man. in this as the goddamn bartender. He's a great... Dude, Bill Paxton is the greatest character actor of all time. Fight me for it. He really is. Like, everything it. he was in was fucking, like, killer. Every part he made his own. It was something that did stand out. He was great. Uh, 
But what you find out about Cody is Cody comes in and, and he, he's kind of like distant. He don't really fucking care. He's like, I'm just back in town because you asked me to be in town. I mean, why are you bothering me? And then Reba's like, but your old girl. He's like, I don't care about her. She left me. And I can't remember Rick Moranis' name in the movie. Uh, it's something weird. It, it, he's like a weasel. He's basically the manager. He's like Alvin Chipmunk's manager. Yeah, he's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's the manager of Diane Lane. Uh, and they also are now boyfriend-girlfriend. How the fuck that happened? I know he has a huge dick, I guess. But either way, or a huge bank account... But either way, uh, what eventually winds up happening is that um, I'm gonna, I'm, I can't remember the Cody. He winds up meeting up with another chick named McCoy, and they become partners. And, and she's like Gary Busey's distant cousin. Do you know who she is? <laughs> dude, she yeah. was, no, no, she's no, been no. a bunch of shit. Dude, she was she was the girlfriend and Uncle Buck. Yeah, and and she was the uh, uh, what was the other movie? She was the wife in. Um, Oh, well, whatever. But, dude, she's been in a, uh, a shit ton of movies. She's a great actress. Yeah. But they meet up. What they basically find out doing is uh, fi uh, Fish. That's Rick Moranis' character's name, Fish. And that's a perfect name. He smells like one. He's probably got a little wiener like one. But who knows? Maybe he's a big one. But he says, I'll give you $10,000, Cody, to go get her. All right? Stop being an asshole. Go get her. Save me. Save me from this monster. So Cody's like, I need that money. And I'll take it. He goes with McCoy. They, hit, they hook up. They, they, they're going to go after... Uh, Diane Lane's character. Uh, they take a long fish to know the. He knows the area of, of the battery. They, dude. I don't want to give the whole fucking movie away, but I'm telling you a lot. But dude, it's so well done. It, it's really uh, like uh, like just. It's one of those movies that is perfectly captured in the '80s. Like it's yeah. got so much '80s glory to it, but it's got like a '50s kind of soundtrack in the background, and it's got like a double dragon fucking uh, final fight kind of thing going on. It's so fucking well done, and I love the shit out of it. I yeah. thought it was so fun and easy to watch. And It's like a video game movie. Really. I, I, and, the, and the main guy, Tom Cody. Like, you can't fucking make that shit up. His name is Tom fucking Cody. Like, there's one part where McCoy's like, is that all you gotta say? He's like, that's, yeah, that's all I gotta say. What else do I gotta say? <laughs> it's so good. Like, I don't know. And there's like, uh, there's one part where he's trying to be a badass. He's like, because you always carry around them guns on you? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, don't be pointing at me. I might not like it that much. Like, <laughs> I, dude, I, I don't know. It's so corny yeah. with those lines, but wow. And by the way, I also want to point out, if you look at William Defoe in this, dude, there is no doubt in my mind at all that he would have been a fucking killer Joker. Oh, yeah. Dude, dude. In, 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 because you got to remember, in 1989 or, yeah, 89, the Tim Burton's Batman came out and they cast Jack Nicholson. They were interested in William Defoe. Yeah. And he's young enough in this film and that would have only been a few years later. Wow, dude. He would have fucking killed it. Yeah. It, it's, it's straight up bad guys versus good guys. And, like, the, the, the bad guys, like, they run shit. Like, they, they've got their motorbike gangs that, like, just take over concerts and fuck people up and all this stuff. And Cody's this guy who just... he. he he left town because his hot ass girlfriend, like he fell in love with her, but he was too cool to be in love, so he left town for a couple he's of years. He's such a bitch though, because he's like, your music was before me. The musical slash fucking straight up Jean Claude Van Damme action movie yeah, with some badass stuff going on. At it's, the very, it's a cool ass. At movie. the very end of the movie, it's literally Lionheart. Yeah, we well, has to fight the fucking. Oh, I can't tell you that. Like, I want you guys to see this. Like, some of you guys may never even heard of this. And by the way, the fucking art cover, like the cover art, I mean, for the 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 the, the VHS is yeah. fucking. Dude, it's so it's like one of those old school paint ones, and I looked at that. and I remember seeing that as a kid. I'm like, God damn! It looks. I keep bringing Double Dragon up. It really, really reminds yeah. me of Double Dragon. It's all the action movie slash musical slash slash fifties slash fucking. Uh, dude, it's amazing. It's yeah, like Gotham you know, City badass. You know what that reminded me of is that that fight sequence kind of reminded me of the because it, it took forever. Not as long, but it, it reminded me of They Live. 
where they fought forever in the fucking streets. Yeah, just kept going. And it was so good. I was like, I want more but of this. But it was one-on-one. -on -one. Can I have another, sir? You got your hero versus your bad guy, and they're using pickaxes and fix, fit, Fists! <laughs> There's fists, and it's, it's, it's glorious. But yeah, man, uh, I can't say enough about the movie. It's so well done. It's so cool. It's so easy to watch. It, it, and it definitely puts you in the mindset of, like, after it was over, I was literally on, on Google trying to find Double Dragon wallpaper. <laughs> like, I wanted to try, I, I wanted to find Double Dragon internet wallpaper for my phone. Yeah. It, it just, it brought me back to a time, like, in the 80s, like, the mid-80s, when they were making these kung fu fucking movies. Like, yeah. not really kung fu, I guess, but kinda, uh, when, when these guys that just, you didn't think knew karate and they were like doing shit and they were fighting the bad guy and the good guy won but he had to go through some trials and tribulations and it was just very simple and straightforward. Very lionhearted. Yeah and they had a cool fucking like soundtrack to it. It was just fucking awesome man. It was yeah. cool. Uh, God damn man I'm gonna give that movie an 8. fucking 5 church. Like yeah. I fucking love the shit out of this movie. I yeah. you know and it was weird cause uh yeah. I was watching and I was like, did I see this? But maybe I did back in the day. It's possible because uh, Mike and I and my brother were renting um, like old school action movies back in the, a long time ago. So it's possible I picked it up and I just don't remember it. But I do remember the, the, the box art cover. And I remember seeing that. And I was like, that always looks fucking cool to me. It always had a yeah. really neat, unique kind of uh, appearance to it. The only thing I, I, I would say I didn't like that much about it, uh, and it, it's really not that much of a knock, it's just that I wish that Bill Paxton had had a bigger part oh, for and sure. then William Defoe had had a bigger part because yeah. they're in the films or in the film I mean but they don't I just feel like they weren't fleshed out enough <clears throat> to really be yeah. that super bad guy you know I would have I would have embraced the part where he was going to be you know William Defoe was our main bad guy and I would have focused more because uh, he's dirty and fucking nasty and, and he's, he don't give a fuck he dresses like an S&M dude yeah they're all wearing like Huckleberry Finn fucking shit and except for him and he's like BDSM all the way like that shit is fucking red light dude, district he's freaky as fuck though when he's standing there like facing the cops and like his dudes show up and he likes his like his smile starts like ticking uh, on his face like he's fucking that's what I'm crazy. saying dude like he would have been the fucking joker like oh my god yeah. dude and if they ever if they ever even now dude I would I would say if you had to ask me like obviously Walking Phoenix fucking killed it but William Defoe as the joker yeah. I would be alright with that I cannot tell you enough that you've got to check this movie out, guys. Yeah. Like, seriously, do yourself a favor for real. Straight testosterone for really up your nasal cavities. Just, and, and I, God, I would never do anything to hurt you, Hershey. <laughs> and also, like, it has a style of, like, The Last Dragon. Barry Gordy's Last Dragon. Kinda, yeah. It has some, uh, with, like, the musical shit going on it. It's Who's the meanest, wild. baddest sucker in town? Show enough. Shit. Yeah. Show enough. He goes like this. He goes... Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, maybe that maybe next time we'll get to review that, but wow church man, fucking great fucking pick. Happy birthday, man. And I hope you watched this on your fucking birthday and got drunk and got a good time with the fifties doo wop and combed your butt hair and had a good oral Salt, sex. Peanut. Salt, peanuts. Peanut. up. He doesn't like you. He doesn't want to kiss you. He doesn't want to hug you. He wants to hug you with a knife to your fucking face. If he gets all of you, you're dead. You're dead. You see? He tries to lure you in to stab your titties! Don't act stupid. He playing possum with you, alright? You know what? Take a chance. Take a chance on the butthole express. My God, I almost vomited. All right, so next up we have a script review. It's been a fucking while, Jay. It's been a while since we've done this. Let's script get naked review. and fucking roll in jello. I want to. Thanks to Bloody Disgusting uh, and Jeffrey Reddick, one of the original creators of Final Destination, we, we covered the story last week 
where he was talking about how he originally had a completely different script for the final destination that we saw on screen where the characters actually like were driven to kill themselves rather than this crazy fate monster hanging over them and killing them. Now, they released this week the actual a treatment that he had and a script, and we're going to review and recap the actual script that he had for the original Final Destination before Final Destination. Let's go down the rabbit hole and get fucked. Oh, it's going to get nasty, hey, man. I'm going to tell you right away, this script was fucking awesome. It was like, good. It was badass good. And you know what? I love Final Destination. I love what we got. Like It was great. It was amazing. Uh, the script is, is solid uh, in the movie that we got uh, in the final product, but this... I was telling Mike earlier, like, if they made this uh, something that, you know, they were going to remake, which I don't want them to remake Final Destination, but if they were going to remake it, using this script as, as, a, as a basis would be fucking incredible. The, the main thing, like, the one, I just, it's dark as fuck, dude. Oh, my God. It's so much darker than the original script that we got, or the original movie that we got. Like, this is like when you find the whistle in Super Mario 3, and you have to go to World 8, <laughs> and you have one life, and you're like, that's a holy fucking shit package, and I'm not ready. I don't have a game genie in, and I, like, it's like when you first find the whistle, and you go into the dark, like, doom, 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 and it's fucking scary, and like, like, there's shit on fire, and you're like, what the fuck is happening? The Pop-Tart uh, concrete that would, like, drop on you? Oh, dude, every, it is, it, it, like, oh my god. And it reminded me, overall... Like it, it, like it, it feels like it borrows shit from, and I said this uh, it, when, when we were mentioning it last week. Uh, it, it borrows from Jacob's Ladder. Uh, sometimes they come back, and uh, a little bit of Nightmare on Elm Street. Like as far as the nightmare scenarios, I definitely see the nightmare. The, yeah, the nightmare yeah. scenarios that happen, and and also one of the main differences that you see in this is that death itself literally has a, a, like a personality. It has it has presence other than just a floating black cloud, like a like a fart cloud. It's actually a presence that talks. Yeah. And it interacts. So, and, and here's the whole idea. Like the whole idea before, and we covered it last week, was that he Jeffrey Reddick wrote a a, a script treatment for this, and a, a, well, an actual script for it. And and the original script, instead of having fate come around and like kill these characters in crazy ways, like we saw in Final Destination, the way he would do it was they would feel such guilt for having these people die on Flight 180 that they, they would end up killing themselves. So you had teens killing themselves yeah. instead of instead of having, you know, the Grim Reaper in some f sort of cloud form killing them uh, with whatever was around, they would kill themselves. And it, it ultimately ended up being too dark and whatever for the theaters or, or for the studios. But the one thing I want to say about this, when I heard that, I thought... I thought the, the alternate to what we got, which was like a popcorn, the Final Destination, mm. popcorn, crazy kills, horror movie, which we love. I thought his original script was more in lines of like a hereditary, like something dark. Yeah. Like in, in one instance in the script, a girl, um, a, a sister dies, like her sister dies on the plane crash. And she's so overcome with guilt that she's like, she's dressing up as the sister. She's pretending to be the sister. And eventually in the script, she like covers herself in gasoline and perfume or whatever she can find. And she lights herself on fire. In my mind, when I heard that at first, I was thinking that the original script was far more like hereditary and like dark dark you know mm -hmm. horror like it like it was uh but it's not it still reads like a final destination film it, it still has that popcorn flavor to it in a way i didn't expect it to yeah. but you're talking about teens killing themselves you're talking mm -hmm. about all these dark things and it still come it still translates to the same final destination that you got in the theaters but it's just way darker oh yeah i would i would imagine like it like to me it felt like on a level of horror like as far as like when they have these flashbacks these teens uh 
uh, of, of them, uh, their former classmates coming and trying to drag them into the ground and make them uh, die with them. Like, you should be here. This is where you belong. And, like, there's one specific scene. Uh, you were talking about the girl that sets herself on fire. I'm thinking about Tony and I think it's Heather is his girlfriend in it. Uh, when she appears to him at the subway station and she's vomiting out her insides, walking towards him as she's cr uh, crying crimson Into tears. Into his fucking mouth. Yeah, and then, it tastes like jellyfish. Oh, God. Did you have daiquiris by any chance? <laughs> I'm just wondering. But, yeah, it, like, she's vomiting and, like, slowly becoming more of a husk as she vomits and walks towards him. And she's like, how much do you love me? How much do you love me? I was like, not enough to lie, bitch. I'm leaving our social circle. You also find that uh, the, the, the people of the town... Uh, you know, they're all survivors and hang out together now, which is pretty much in line with what we got, but it, they, they think they're part of some kind of suicide cult. Like, they're all, like, so guilty about what they did that they're, like, they're forming some kind of, like, cult. It's fucking really, it's, it's, it's an amazing read. It actually reads really easy. It's a breezy kind of, uh, beautiful cover girl kind of, uh, read. Um, and it's shocking how violent it gets and, and how dark it gets. And yeah. I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, like toward the end, like even uh, with the little heartbeat from the baby, yeah, I'm like, fuck, I, you know, but like, I mean, I, was, I, I don't know. I think the only way it could have been better is if you got fucking the Grim Reaper from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, because <laughs> you may be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the Reaper. <laughs> At one point, he has a premonition. They go, they're all feeling guilty, and they decide to go together to the crash site of the the, the plane going down. Yeah. And uh, Devin Sawa's character in the in, in the script has a premonition where the plane goes down and, and they're all out there and they're all like trying to feel something and they're, they're going through their grieving motions. But all of a sudden, like their ashes from the, the plane, they come up and they grab them by the legs and they start pulling them down. It's fucking crazy. And it's like this guilt thing that they go through. I, so, I, like, they, I, but I related to Alex like a motherfucker in this. Like, yeah. why do I feel guilty? Like, fuck y'all. Ming rank better me than them. <laughs> I felt like that the entire time reading it. And I mean, obviously I identified with Alex in the original Final Destination because, I mean, he's trying to warn everybody and they're all thinking he's like fucking nutball sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. But I, at the same time, I really relate to him because he's like, why the fuck are you all so guilty for? Like, why are you all making it seem like like we shouldn't have survived? But what you find out is that that, that de like the death angel itself is like available. Like he's there. He's in the fucking movie or in the script. He's he's actually a, a being that has uh, uh, substance. He actually shows up and he actually talks to him. That I think is one of the coolest things about it. He's like, you know, there's one scene where Alex is like. Why are you doing this? And, and, and death is like to make things right. And it always has this dark, menacing voice. And I just, dude, I don't know, man. I, I feel like I love Final Destination. I really do. I love the, the original movie. But this one would have been so fucking like, it, you know what it feels like? It feels like if Blumhouse took it seriously to remake it and use this script. Well, it's like, okay, so, so in the original, like in the movie, uh, fate just like, it, fate's not there, but it, it, it takes control of these kids and it makes them kill. It makes them die in a way or another. But in this, fate's an actual like black smoke cloud from Lost, but it right. has a face. And they eventually find in this uh, when they look up the history of the stuff that's going on, they they see the the face in the books and whatever. And Death will actually talk to the characters. Like at one point, mm -hmm. before it throws a guy in front of a train, in this horrible scene where. His his dead girlfriend is like showing up to him. He's drunk and, and he gets done partying with his friends. I was like, bitch, you got herpes? Why are you bothering? <laughs> his dead girlfriend, who died on the flight, shows up and she starts puking. No, she didn't die on the up flight. Her, uh, well, she starts puking. Survivor, up, yeah. Yeah, she starts puking up her insides. Like she's throwing up her insides into his mouth. 
And you imagine what that would look like on screen Ooh. into his mouth. And then right before he's like tripping and about to fall in front of a train because of what he's seeing that's not actually there, Alex, Devin Sawa's character, shows up and it looks like he pushed him into the train. Mm. But death stops time like <laughs> Professor <laughs> Xavier. Goddamn. And he looks at Alex and he was like, you know, stop, stop interfering, stop doing this. So, like, woo wee, that boy's got skill. And there's one scene where there's one dude who's a, 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 he, he's a huge Christian. Like, he's all into the Christian. He's like, everything's going to be fine, whatever. And like the where the cross starts to burn into the wall, mm-hmm. and the TV comes on, and they start to hear. There's a lot of guilt stuff going on. Like right before they die, they hear the passengers of Flight 180 like crying and like burning alive and, and dying, and children laughing. Yeah, and it's really fucked up. And and like there's a scene where a dude kills himself with the garage. He hangs himself and he calls his dad right as the. His, it's fucked up because his dad's coming home from work. And he calls his, his dad hits the garage button and the garage starts to open and the kid calls his dad and he's like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And the dad has no, it's very screamish because the dad has no idea that his son has tied a noose to the garage door. So when his dad gets home from work, he's hanging himself using the garage. And it's, it's very, very screamish with Drew Barrymore in the beginning when mm. like they, the, their daughter dies like a few feet from him. Or, it's more so like, fucking it, dark. It feels like more like Rose McGowan. When she gets hung up, well, on, like literally, yeah, kill. But, but yeah. yeah, it looks like the thing is, it's very creative on on these kills, and but and they're but like I said, they're very twisted. They're a lot more evil, I suppose you could you should uh-huh. say, as far as what what you got in the final product of the original Final Destination, and 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 the fact the death does have, I think he could be Tony Todd because he does. When they describe him, when he finally comes to light at the end, uh, a swirling black cloud, but it, it, it's a being. That's made up of black smoke, and but you can see eyes, so it is a being, <clears throat> like it's there. It reminded me of um, the way it was described. I, I, I don't. I'm probably gonna fuck this up, but I'm not 100 percent sure. It's been a while since I've, I've uh, cashed out my geek card, but uh, the Nazgul from the Lord of the Rings, like those fucking screaming goddamn uh, Reaper monsters that were the former kings. What about the black monsters from Ghost when they like drag them? Yeah, in the but, the, but, the, but and, yeah, that oh. that would. Uh, that like, was horrible. It's amazing, Julie. You take the love with you. That shit scared uh, but, me. Um, well, no, well, because the Nazgul, like, I think it's Nazgul, they have like the cloaks, they look like traditional like Grim Reapers. I don't think they would have gone that far, but they're made up, like, I, I think there would be, might, might be a cloak or something. If there's a final product to come to light, you probably would see a lot similar to like a shred, uh, like a kind of tattered robe and, and a hood and just the eyes coming out. And it's funny because what this thing does it's, it's called the angel of death, or they also say it's referred to in many cultures and religions as different things when they're looking up and researching it, which is pretty much what they did in the original movie. They're researching and, they, and they're trying to figure out the pattern, uh, but they're like, it's, the, it's, the, it's death. Um, it was also called the, the sisters of fate in the Greek mythology and all these other things. Um, it's really interesting. It's, it's, it's actually well done. And the fact is that this, this thing, a lot of people, maybe uh, in the Christian faith or uh, in Judaism, I'm not 100%, they would think that, well, it's the angel of death. It, it's supposed to be comforting and take you on to the next life or whatever. No, but, but this motherfucker's straight gangster. Yeah, he's going to slice your shit up and say, I stole it. <laughs> uh, you know what he is? He's that motherfucker that held vanilla ice over the fucking, like, thing. He's like, Shook Knight. He's Shook Knight. It's the Shook Knight of It's death. the motherfucking Shook Knight. Yeah, that's exactly what he, he He held vanilla ice over. He's like, where's my money, bitch? Yeah. And that's what he does, because he'll say, there's one part um, where one of the surviving girls is like, oh, you got to do better than that or whatever, because he feeds on your guilt. And that's what he's doing, your sins, in a way. And she's, he's like, I can do better. Like, it, like I could just, I, I was hearing it in my head. And I'm like, oh my fuck! Yeah. And dude, like, oh, if they had made this, I, I don't like. I think that it would be re- like, it would still be revered. 
Like Final Destination, it's always going to be revered. It would be revered in a different way, though. The same way that maybe people revere the ring, the original ring. Because sure. yeah, it, it would be that. something like a very cultish kind of fucked up movie. Well, for instance, there's the one character in Final Destination who's like kind of gothic, and she's like tried to, she tried to kill herself before Nikki, yeah. and whatever. In this, the way that they kill her off is that death literally, like she starts to open up cabinets, and like at one point she tried to kill herself using pills, right? right? So when death comes after these characters, these high school kids, it fucking gets deep into their psyches and it fucks with them. So this particular character who had tried to kill herself using pills before, she opens up a cabinet and she sees a pill bottle that has her name on it and she'll like shut the cabinet and then she'll see another one and she'll open it and it'll be like, take until you die and like fucked up shit like that and then when death ultimately kills her, it slices her Achilles, it slices her wrists, it bleeds her out dry in this most fucked up, awful, heinous way. This movie is really well, fucking, that, like it's mean. What it's I, way meaner what than I was going to say was like, um, also what's interesting, and that's why I mentioned uh, sometimes they come back, is because each person that dies that survived the plane, they are the ones, when they die, they would come back and taunt the, the, the remaining survivors. So you would see uh, the, spect the ghostly specters of these of your surviving friends, like Nikki sees Heather, she sees Tony, she sees uh, Monica, she sees all these people coming back, and they they're fucked all, up. Soon. They're all fucked and nasty, and they're trying to like, oh, you, hey, are you think you're better than us? You don't think you could, you belong with us? And it's yeah. and you, I, I was visualizing that, seeing these dead fucking kids, these teenagers taunting you to join them and you know very nightmare on elm street and also very mothman prophecies i know uh, like mixed I, together I, but i feel like you know it, we'd be fine because i think the only fears that we have and and I'm like shut the fuck up jay no and regret i'm not dying today no no regrets no i'm not talking about us i mean like if death was like i'm gonna feed on your fears like well i ain't got none really it's like, <laughs> it's, like it's like it's like it's like hey uh in a microwave here's an ipa and i'm like i don't have any beer nor money because i'm out of work right now <laughs> do your worst, Dad. So I'm gonna drink it. So what did you do now? Now you fucked. But no, uh, yeah, it, 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 like they did a solid job, man. And goddamn, I'm, I'm not gonna say that I would not love to see this movie made. I would love to see this fucking script come to life in some way or fashion. And I'm also not gonna go ahead and say that I want a remake of Final Destination. But if you were gonna go on a Dude, remake, here's what I'm saying, though. Like, mm -hmm. uh, here's what I'm saying. Look. And this is it. Why you gotta lean up like Bob Saget? I'm, I'm getting fucking excited, dick. Uh, what Trace I'm thinking it. is, what I'm thinking is this though. Like, we live in a world. I, Hollywood has no good, no good ideas. Yeah. Remakes, reboots, all this shit like that. What about the original version that the studios weren't willing to do before? So, like, Jeffrey Riddick wrote this script, mm -hmm. and it's fucked up, and it's dark, and it's weird, and it's out there. And Death literally speaks. Like, Death is a cloud who speaks. At one point, at the end of the movie, they're out in the middle of a field. Because it draws... Dude, uh, your fucking pitch would be terrible. It's like, it's a cloud that speaks and no, it's no, full of death. But I'm, I'm talking about the script. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, but you're like, it's a cloud that speaks. So that's how that, that's how the script ends. Like, they end up in the field where the, the plane initially came down. And you've got the main girl who's looking up at the plane flying down at her. And, like, she's... That like, was death awesome is forcing scene. That her, was an awesome scene. Yeah, death is forcing her to watch the plane fly out of the sky towards her and down her. And in this script, it doesn't blow up in mid-sky. The plane, like, stalls out and then nosedives. So they put her out in this field and she's watching the plane come down and all these people are burning to death and like the, the victims are like reaching out yeah, to like them. Yeah, like zombies or something. It's fucked yeah. up. It's so dark, it's fucked up. And like uh, Death, at the end of this, she realizes that none of this is real or whatever and Death literally comes out and it's like, it can't kill Devin Sawa's character because he had that premonition so technically he wasn't supposed wasn't to die. Time. Yeah. So death realizes it can't kill him but it can hurt him. So it's like breaking his oh, dude, legs, fucking... breaking his arms. Yeah. 
and she's supposed to die, but right before death kills her, and, it, and we mentioned this last week when we talked about it, but right before death kills her, it's like, oh, fuck, I can't do it because you got a baby inside of you because they fucked last week. Yeah. So the the end of the well, movie, the way they're describing it though, because when it swirls around her, because the girl's gonna shoot herself in the head to protect Devin Sawall's character or uh, Alex, you hear her heart going kathump kathump, and you know they're they're making sure to emphasize that you can, the audience would hear the heart beating faster and faster as she's putting the gun to her head and the the black cloud of death is surrounding her. But then it's like you know you hear slowly another heartbeat go like this, yeah, and then it gets fucking it's like god yeah. damn it I, I was going for my platinum record because you got a baby inside of you fuck so then it all seems happy and then she's having the baby and Alex is there the baby comes out they're like the baby's healthy everything's great but as we talked about last week the lights start to shudder death shows up at the door and death kind of jumps at the camera and the thing ends because she once she passed that life through her and like she had the baby now she's still supposed to be dead so death takes her but what I'm saying is is that if you done if you did this movie to like if you've done it in that way yeah. it would have been so fucking dark and it was been so fucking out there I don't know how it would have been perceived but I don't know man part of me thinks it would have been it like the final destination franchise if you put a gun in my head I think it would be better off had they gone with this original script mm. and I hate to say that because final destination was such a well-known you know, franchise I, you know, I, I I I could agree I could go there. I could join you in the sun, but I would choose to stay on the land and not go deep into the rivers. It was so but, dark. But I, I want to go into the rivers. I want to taste it first. It would have scared people a little bit more. I want to taste the river. And of if you water. scare people a little bit more, then your franchise does a little bit better. Well, I think the franchise would have been better off had they done it. Here's the thing: if they had done that script, there's a lot like. Like, and I'm not saying like you shouldn't be cautious about certain subject materials. Obviously, well, we know that. But if they had done this movie, you got um, September 11th, right? That was a big one, and that already happened with Final Destination anyway. But then the suicides and kids with mass school shootings and things like that—that that might go back and look like coarse on that yeah. movie, you know, in a way, be a little bit more like uh, crass in their um, critique of it, and it might ruin the franchise in that way. But I'm not. Also, would say you could have the balls. And just be like, look, it's a fucking fantasy movie, it's a fiction yeah. movie, it's a horror movie. It's not meant to be, you know, a representation of anything that's going on in our current society or current affairs. It's just a fucking fun time, and it's dark, and it's, it's, it's disturbing, but it's meant to be, I don't know, maybe enjoy some time with your kids. I don't fucking know, but... Do I want to? I want to tip my you toe. You want to fuck with fate, I want to tip my toe. No fucking hoe. You want to fuck with... I'm about ready to call fucking JG Wentworth. <laughs> uh, no, I I would have dipped my toe. You know what? Fuck it. I'll go all the way in. Yes. If you put a gun to my head right now and said, "What would you rather have? The the one you got for Final Destination, the the movie, or this being made yeah. with Devin Sawa in the cast?" I'd go with this. Here's my only question, though. The only the only question I have for it is 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 death is actually a character. It speaks. I like that. It talks. I like it. I like the idea of it. But if you fuck that up, no, no. If you have like, because because generally at one point they're in the field and they're fighting death, and Randall's mm -hmm. there, and Alex is there, and she's there, and they're fighting death, and death, like you see this giant black cloud come right. over the hill, and it's fucking funneling towards you and it like cuts back to them trying to drive away and escape and it's like a little it's like an action sequence it's like a fucking national treasure action, okay. action sequence where death like flips their car over and death's like I can't kill you but I'll break your arms like if you make death too much of a character you are really risking is how 
it, you have to do that because it could be really corny. I'm like, like well, if he, they did that, if they made death corny, it would ruin the whole fucking movie. Nobody wants death corny. They want a cream and smoothie. Yeah, you got no, like, <laughs> no, I was gonna say dark like, skid marks. I, I said, oh god, train tracks in the undies. But I, like, um, I said that last week. Um, I thought it was initially a stupid idea to have death as a character, you know, stalking, you know, as an actual being stalking them, like Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees, because it takes away the the suspense and 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 the fact that it was a different kind of movie rather than just a another uh, serial killer thriller kind of movie. Yeah. But if they if they did it smart and they did it in a way where it's still smoky a monster kind of like. And it talks a little bit, like from the shadows. There's a lot of dialogue. It does, but not not as much. Not to a point where it's like annoying. Like I feel like it's got. A, <laughs> I see like a stingray being like, "You want to fuck with me? You yeah. want to fuck with me?" Or like one of those fucking fish that clean the fucking glass. <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, I uh, I feel like if you keep it within reason, and I feel like obviously if the script was treated and it was actually going to be made, they would, they would take chunks out of it, would make yeah. it more palatable for a lot of horror fans. I think the issue is, if you make it, like you said, too much of a character, if you make it Michael Myers, if you make it Jason Voorhees, if you make it Nightmare, or Freddy Krueger, yeah. then you're fucked. You're, it's all how he looks. <clears throat> but I would, what I would do, yeah, exactly. I, like I, would, I would do the Nazgul thing. I, I'm probably saying that wrong and fuck me in the ass, I'm sorry. But the, the, the monster things, the, the, the Reaper-looking things in Lord of the Rings, if you did it like that, or something similar to that, where they only appear a little bit out of the shadows, or maybe even do something like lights out, the way like the shadows would come out, like after you turn the lights off, yeah. just where it's like just a mask, but then it kind of forms a body a yeah. little bit, and you just see eyes coming out, and then you have Tony Todd's voice doing a, maybe a little bit more limited dialogue. I think it'd be fucking killer. Yeah. And, and you know, I didn't, I didn't even mind the part where it, when it broke uh, Alex's arms and shit and doing that because what it said was like, yeah, I'm not like I can't kill you, I, but I can fucking make you suffer. Yeah. Like I mean, and like I got, I, like I felt like in some way though, I did feel like ghost ship. He's like, uh, I gotta fill a quota, okay? If I don't fill a quota, management <laughs> won't be happy, and that's not a good thing. Yeah. He's like, you got away, and management won't be happy, so yeah. don't get in my way, and nobody gets fucked over but either way yeah dude i gotta be honest if if you put a good man like i said i would take this movie like made and that's that's sacrilege man like a lot of people are gonna come after our fucking nut sacks with goddamn tasers yeah. but take this movie make it with the cast that we had in final destination i think you got a fucking bigger hit than what you got and i'm not and i'm not saying i'm not saying that the final destination the original movie is not fucking awesome it's yeah. amazing i'm just saying if you guys get a chance, read this script on your own yeah. and see what you think. If you do, I, I agree with you, if you do death right. Yeah. like, and, and there's no way to possibly tell it. Like, it has to look good. The CGI has to be there. Like, it has to look perfect. It has to be done fucking well. If death is scary, if you make that fucking black cloud scary, mm -hmm. that movie could be fucking... OJ it could not only be like... OJ Simpson. <laughs> yeah. It could not only be like a cultural phenomenon, yeah. like, like Final Destination was, where it's so crazy and fun with a crazy and wild kill. It came out at the right time. But it could be also truly frightening. Yeah. Like, you could take a, a, a franchise that's here and put it up to here. Yeah. But it's only if it's done right. So, comment down below with your all's thoughts on that. If you read the script, we'll put the link down below for all that shit. It's a wild fucking script. It's crazy, but it's so cool that Bloody Disgusting went and got that and released it. I would, I, I think it's a great conversation, so... Whatever your all's thoughts the are. The wild nights is calling. The wild uh, 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 is calling. Uh, there's a slight hemorrhoid creeping up on Michael that he's been dealing with in the night. No, for you, Michael. I'm not putting Preparation H on his asshole. It's for you, Michael. 
You're not wiping either. The results. Well, I mean, you, you can, know? yeah, you can bypass. It, it's not a bad documentary. It's it's put together well. It, like it definitely like name drops to people that you probably already know that were involved. I'm not gonna name them here, but um, it's it's like it's a good watch. And uh, as far as if Feldman's telling the truth about what what Haim went through. <clears throat> I mean, I wasn't there, so I don't fucking know. I'm not gonna like. I don't know, but it's he's he seems pretty convincing. He's got like some. I don't know. He's got some convictions anyway that it seems to point to true. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was. It's a it, you know Hollywood has always been a shit show as far as like what they fucking do behind closed doors. They're a nasty fucking pit of assholes. So if that shit came out for real and that was all like 100 percent proven with people. Then I'd be like, yeah, I'm not surprised. But it's it's a good watch. It's it's a decent watch if you get a chance to. Uh, it was just a fucking nightmare when he did that whole fucking streaming thing, and it almost felt like very um, dramatic on purpose. Yeah, with the wolf pack. <laughs> watch yourself. <laughs> They're hacking us in real time. Watch yourself. <laughs> wolf pack. Uh, and then uh, I watched um, Dawn of the Dead. Finish that. The remake. Um, I had to rewatch it because I didn't get to finish it. Love it. Uh, Demon Knight. Uh, Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight? Yes. That's a good one, too. Put the whole down goddamn motherfuckers. All you do is give me the goddamn key. <laughs> uh, a very underrated performance by Billy Zane. And the, I, I wish I knew the guy's name. Uh, the Grim Reaper from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, who's the hero in the film. Will Sadler? Will Sadler. Yeah. Fucking insanely good. And Jada Pinkett Smith is in it as well. Underrated fucking movie, dude. God damn, it's so good. Um... I uh, watched uh, Insidious 3 and Insidious 4. So I had to finish it up. Me, me. Yeah, it's awful. Like, the last key, the last shit. Like, it's terrible. And I, I'm scared of those kind of movies. That movie was... No, actually, I like the last key. That's the one... Yeah, okay, I'm sorry, because I get it confused. Insidious 3 was all right. Uh, it wasn't great at all. Like, it was the one about the asthmatic fucking ghost that had the fucking... He smoked all the cigarettes. He's like, I like little girls. Yeah. I like youngins. I'm in your suitcase. Yeah, I, I hated that. Like, it was like, <laughs> oh, fuck. And then Insidious 4, though, is where uh, she remembers when she was moved in that house. And the guy, you know, they lived next to It was to like there. a prequel. Yeah, it was yeah. good. It was good. Uh, I, I, again, I think this movie is super underrated. Uh, if you haven't got a chance to check it out, and you would never expect this, right? I loved it. I fucking really enjoyed it. Unfriended Dark Web. I like that movie. Yeah, dude. It's actually good. really, really underrated. And it's way better than the first movie, which usually never happens. Yeah. Like, Unfriended is shit to me. It's not that good of a movie. But Unfriended Dark Web, because it's got more of a realism, it's got more of an anchor to, like, pop, uh, possibility. Yeah. It's fucking scary, man. It's got, like, some good twists. It's it, it, not a horror movie. It's a thriller. It's fucking awesome. Uh, watched Rings. <laughs> Sonic Ring Onion Rings. Not good. Uh, Flatliners. Book. It's a great one. The original, not the fucking no, remake. No, the remake is garbage yeah. juice from the fucking hills. But the Flatliners original, Oliver Platt, Kevin Bacon, uh, goddamn Julia Roberts, Kiefer Sutherland, uh, uh, one of the ball, uh, William Baldwin. Incredible, dude. Like, incredible fucking movie with a great idea and a great cast around it. Like, you cannot fucking beat that cast. Uh, and then finally, I watched White Noise with Michael Keaton. Uh, Mike didn't like it that much. I always liked it a little. Uh, White I was Noise, really high when I watched it. Well, I, I mean, it's not, it's not like it's it's a like I it's been a while since I watched White Noise and I watched it. it's it's boring as fuck. It's a real super slow burner. Like I fall and I can't get up kind of burners, and then they never really get up. <laughs> like it's kind of there. They got the life alert, but it's taking them forever to get here. But 
it's still it's all right movie. And Michael Keaton is fucking beast in whatever he does. I mean, he really does sell it. And do they even got the guy that the, the the psychic guy, not the psychic guy, but the the one that introduced him him to EVP is the is the fucking guy from uh, uh, Ace Ventura when nature calls. He was like flat tire. He's like oh, <laughs> it's that guy. But anyway, that's what I watched. Yeah, man, I, I didn't watch that much this week. I watched a movie called The Guardian, and it was it's a nineteen ninety horror movie. Um, fucking wild movie, dude. William Friedkin, the guy who directed The Exorcist, and there's a little bit of like extra Exorcist feels in this movie, like like freaky fucking shit that will fuck you up. And basically, it's this this woman who's a magical tree nymph Ooh. who likes to take babies to sacrifice them to trees. Oh. And by the end of the movie, dude, she's like fucking floating through the fucking woods at people. It's scary as fuck. When you get to the end of the movie, like it seriously sent me into a. Were you about to ride at Belgium? It's fucked up. <laughs> it dude. sounds like a fucking like ride at like Amsterdam. Yeah, it's it feels like unlawful entry. It's like a weird, sexy, like kind of thriller type mm -hmm. of thing. But then by the end of it, like when shit gets weird and she's like floating through the fucking woods at people, and there's this tree who kills people evil dead style. It's a fucked up, wacky yeah, ass movie. All done by the director of The Exorcist, who knows how to make those creepy in-your-face scares. I saw you posted a picture of The Guardian. Uh, it was on Instagram or, or Twitter or something. And I was like, that cover looked real fucking familiar. Dude, it's, it, the movie fucked me a little bit. It's actually pretty scary. I honestly really recommend uh, looking up and renting The Guardian. Uh, the only other thing I watched in that, honestly, was uh, Castaway with Tom Hanks. It's amazing. Yeah, me and Katie did a commentary on it. I was watching it. And dude, it fucked me up so bad because I remember that movie having a happy-ass ending. No. But it does not. No, dude. And I'll tell you no. what. I, I remember fucking goddamn hating that bitch. Was it Helen Hunt? Helen Hunt, yeah. Fucking hate you. You should have been up in the twister with fucking Dorothy. Yeah. You son of a bitch. Suck zone. You goddamn Is that what you think it did? Yeah, it did. Because you fucking suck. No, I got mad at first when I watched the movie because I was like, yeah... He was gone. I understand. You probably thought he was dead. And you had to move on with your life. But come on, man. Like, give him a chance. Hold out faith. Like, maybe, hopefully, he comes back. What bothered me is that she listened to her new husband. He was like, no, you don't need to see him. And she's, like, crying and wanting to go see him. I'm like, yeah, goddamn, the guy, like, looked at you for fucking, like, four years. On. That's when the movie got sad. Dude, it was fine when he, like, and by the way, that movie perpetuated my fear of the ocean at night for forever. Just imagine, dude, being in the middle of the ocean in the dark night, like, it's pitch black, it's in the middle of the ocean, no land in sight, and there's a storm going on. Scariest fucking possibility in the world. Well, son! Nothing scarier than that. Uh, well, you know, the, the, Fuck. The, 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 there's two parts I remember in that movie. Like, <clears throat> there's three parts, actually. I remember when he was fat and he was, like, dancing. He was like, I have made fire! And he's dancing around. <laughs> that's good. Uh, and he looks like a typical uh, Kentucky guy that's just got out of KFC and yeah. he's drunk. Uh, but uh, I remember that and I remember, oh my god, oh, when he took the uh, the skate and he popped his fucking tooth out. Oh, that was gnarly. Wooey! That was gnarly as fuck. And then I remember crying, uh, I really did cry uh, when I first watched the movie, uh, at the very, very end of the movie when he comes back and he's like, uh, you know, she runs to him and they have an embrace and they get in the car and then she's like, they're driving down the road, and then he's like, you have to go back home. And I'm like, fuck me in the fucking dude, butt, was dude. Horrible. Where, dude, where it got me was halfway through when it was all of a sudden, like, all of a sudden they're like four years later. Because mm. you like you have this hopeful feel that everything's going to go okay, but then four years pass, and it's like, dude, that's four years of your life. Like, you had your life, and four years are gone like that. And like at that point, it's almost like a guarantee that no matter what happens next, it's going to be sad. Because you lost four years of your life, that movie fucked me up too. Like, and, and like it's funny because we were doing the commentary. Katie literally started crying during the it's commentary. Fucking, it's, hard not to. It's, it's sad as shit. Uh, but the last thing I watched, by the way, for the first time, watched for me was Candyman: Farewell to the Flesh. I never watched. I'm it actually before. working on watching that one. I, Son of a bitch. I did it. 
You son of bitch. I love, it's, it's cool though because they go back to the origin. It's Dude, for most of the movie, it's good. Like, honestly, they do a really good job through most of the movie. They have like the GTA guy yeah. on the radio. It's like, now y'all listen here. Shit's fucked up. You know, that, that, that whole thing. It was done really well for most of the movie. And Tony Todd was badass through the, the entire movie. It's always great. But when the movie ends and all the... Like, at the very end of the movie, they fuck it up. The very end, they finally fuck it up because he... The, the hurricane's happening or whatever, and like Candyman rises up, and they do like a virtuosity thing where his skin, like he breaks apart into a million glass pieces. Yeah. And the, the CGI is so fucking embarrassing. Well, thanks, bad. I've not seen it yet. Oh, dude, wait till you get the I last know, I, scene. I, no, I've seen it, but I mean, I'm just He kidding. breaks apart like fucking Lawnmower Man and like a million little pieces, and it looks so awful. It's just so piss poor fucking bad. And they did such a good job up to that point with the story. But it's not a terrible sequel. No, dude, it actually they shit on it at the I, end. I, yeah, well, I think that sequel is actually it holds up pretty well. Yeah, like I think, but also as unnecessary as, as far as well. Yeah, technically it is. What's but, the point? Well, because it's Tony Todd, and they wanted to continue Candyman, and then they go more into it. Almost, it almost feels like Candyman One was so great, but they killed him off, like it was over. Yeah, and they were like, Tony Todd's too fucking good, man. Like, let's go back and explore this a little bit more. And they show his origins. I know that's a lot. what I'm saying. Like, I loved it. Like, I love the fact that you get to see him being a, you know, when he was a slave and what happened, and these assholes that mistreated him. Well, dude, and that pissed poor CD-ROM ending is yeah. just bad. And, well, and don't ever want, don't go past that. Like Candyman Three and Four, are fucking garbage. They shoes. do a four. I didn't I know they, they did. No, they didn't. But I know. I know they did a three and it's fucking awful yeah. uh the only other thing I, I forgot about this um i don't want to go into too much detail on it because i feel like we should review it red two yeah, well yeah i mean that's gonna you happen porn. tomorrow porn up yeah uh porn hub youtube celebrity uh, tube tube eight lesbian eight whatever the <laughs> uh gay porn one uh whatever you're into um but no uh the dark side of the ring the chris benoit documentary that they just released a couple oh, of days yeah. ago so Fucking powerful, so well done, so well put together, super fucking sad. Uh, cannot enough explain when you hear the interview uh, segment uh, from David Benoit, the surviving son of Chris, and how he's been handling things and what's been going on in his life since the tragedy that occurred with Chris Benoit. It's incredibly uh, sad and eye opening, uh, especially because they do explore uh, CTE. Which, uh, you know, is is brain damage after a while because of trauma to the head after concussions. And that's for free on YouTube right now. It is, way. and you, you should definitely it. check it out. And the, and the main thing is, uh, there there's actually a study that show um, that wrestlers, professional wrestlers, are I don't know, it's a high percentage are more likely to die before they're 40 years old than professional football players, which is fucking insane because they take massive hits to the head. And it's done really well. You've, they've got interviews with the, the uh, surviving sister of, of uh, Chris Benoit. They've got interviews with Chavez Guerrera. They've got interviews with Chris Jericho. They've got interviews with JR from the WWE, a former announcer from WWE. They've got uh, interviews with uh, Eddie Guerrero's wife, David uh, Benoit. It's well done. It's well put together. The music is insanely well done. Uh, and it, it, it will make you feel all those emotions. I remember... Um, I, I do. I, I knew Chris Benoit was back in the day in the late '90s. I was watching WCW when he was up there. Um, you know, he had the Rabbit Wolverine and the Canadian Crippler. Fucking amazing athlete, amazing. Uh, and I remember Eddie Guerrero and I remember Chris Jericho. But they were all WCW uh, WCW guys. Uh, and when when WCW kind of fell, I stopped watching wrestling for a long time. I, I haven't really watched wrestling in a long, long, long time. Um, but when they went to WWE, uh, they 
you know, made them the stars that they, they should have been in the WCW. But the problem with the WCW is that they wanted the big muscular giant dudes that were seven foot with giant muscles. So the high flying kick guys, the ones that were smaller, they were doing the lightweight or cruiser weights. They weren't really interested in them, but they, they were probably the most, they were probably the hardest working athletes they had at the time. Dean Malenko's in it. I forgot about Dean Malenko. Uh, and so I, I, I kind of lost touch of it, but I do remember when I was a kid, uh, well, I don't know if I was a kid, was, I, was, I was in college, it was in my mid-20s, early 20s, when the Crispin Wall thing happened. It was like yeah, 2006 or 2007, and I remembered him from WCW, and I remember all the other stuff, and when the actual details came out about what he fucking did. It was fucking crazy. It was insane, and uh, and they explore that. They explore you know how it went down, uh, what happened, why it happened, in a way. Uh, and But, you know, Chris Jericho says it right. Uh, he's like, you know, the truth is we're never really going to know. I mean, that that's just the sad reality of it. You know, was it was it steroids? Was it CTE? Was it a combination of the two? Was he just uh, wanting to suicide himself and take his family with him because of Eddie Guerrero's death? You'll never know because you don't get to talk to him. It's so well put together. If you get a chance to, if you have... Like even if uh, my girlfriend and I watched it, um, and she's not even a wrestling fan, she doesn't even like wrestling, but it pulled her in. Yeah, because it's so well, well done. Yeah. But you know, it's gonna fuck you up. Oh, it's yeah. going to fuck. Because all I want, I, I want to give that David kid a fucking hug, dude. I want to hug him, and like I want to hug him, and then do one of those like fucking like thing. Like, come on, you buddy, let's go get a snow cone down at the Blockbuster. But there is none. <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, check that out too. And, and I, like I said, I don't want to go into too much detail about it because I, I like I want you to watch and maybe us review it on next episode. Yeah, it's on, and it's on YouTube for free. That's the fucking show, guys. We're That's done. Wham! Video episode seven. Wow, this has been so fun and so glad that you guys are with us. And again. All of you guys who are out there right now and you have to go to work and your essential employees are especially people who are in the medical field who have to go and you're saving lives out there and you're really like fucking saving everybody right now doing what you're doing. We respect you. We salute you. Thank you guys so much for everything that you're doing. And uh, we love you guys so much. We're all scared right now. Everything fucking sucks. But we're in this together and let's just try to fucking be positive. We're going to pull through. Yeah. I promise you on the other end we're going to like... You son of a bitch. <laughs> we love you. Let's love each other and just be good to each other, man. I'm going to I'm going to end this with a fucking quote from a movie I've seen 17 goddamn times this week because my kids are at home. All we have to do is the next right thing. I will fucking end this with a Frozen 2 quote. Suck my dick. I don't God care. damn. Just do the next right they thing. Just put an icicle in your peepee -pee hole. Be good to each other. We love you. Love you guys. Salute. With the new iPhone SE for less than 100 bucks at Metro, you rule. It's the most affordable iPhone on the number one brand in prepaid. So whether you're studying online or FaceTiming. Hey, Mom. Hi, dear. The iPhone SE has all you need. Switch to Metro and get the iPhone SE for $99.99 after rebate redemption and six months of service with AutoPay. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day.
Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit. Four plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. See T-Mobile.com.